Uh. Mama. Mama. We made it. Bring, 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 bring. What it, what it, what it do now? Proud. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight is all about the simple things. Do you understand me? So take a step back. Take your exquisite watch off. Look at your shoes. They better be Converse or Vans. Keep it very simple. But hey, if Salvatore Ferragamo is your simple, sh- shout out to the opulence you grew up in. <laughs> you did. We have my brother Lorenzo Diggins Jr. with us, ladies and gentlemen. What it do, Lorenzo, Lorenzo. baby? Yes, yes, yes. How are you, bro? I'm good, man. Good. It's it's really incredible to me because there's been quite a few guests that have come on, um, and you know how we do these. We record when we can, and, and we have episodes compiled up of brilliant creators and entertainers and marketers and designers, whatnot. But there's been so many people that have come on in which we're speaking about you know who we have coming on next and who's about to come on, and your name always popped up. And it was such a beautiful thing for me to see how what type of emotion of excitement was evoked when your name was brought up because what a lot of cats don't understand is you play a very pivotal role like when I look at you I think of you as your favorite creator's favorite creator Mm. right somebody that's your favorite style icon's favorite style icon Right, somebody that essentially, to me, and this is my view, somebody that essentially, to me, when cats, whether they're at a level of success or whether at a level of acclaim or attention or whatnot, the cats that ultimately end up really doing things in life are the ones that are continuing to do them and 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 becoming in their own right. And a lot of these individuals that are whether on their path to becoming or have become in some regards have always looked to, towards you and have spoken of you in such high acclaim. So I just wanted to let you know, thank you so much for being here with us. And Ooh. I cannot wait to get behind the mind and the story of one of my favorite creators. You understand me? I dig that, man. Wow. Lovely. God damn. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Lorenzo leaves. He's hold like, on. man, thank do, you. Hold on. Do we, I'm do, out. Do we need to all call our mothers right now on the cell phone wow. or speakerphone? Mama, I really have made it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's an incredible thing for me. And, you know, by the way, Lorenzo's current project, The Simple Things, and everything that he's doing around it really inspired me. Um, if you haven't checked it out, be sure to, to inquire about it or, you know, search your interwebs or go to your nearest pop-up when he does them. He's going to be, he's currently working on number two right now. Number two. Awesome. It will be out Christmas Day. <laughs> That's going to be an incredible right. gift, bro. I'm going to actually be St. <laughs> Nicholas himself and ride the sled into wherever the hell I can get that. There you go. And <laughs> tell Rudolph to get the hell out afterwards because I want to eat on Christmas. You dig me? <laughs> you guys may have an advanced copy, though. <laughs> oh, I would love that. Yeah, Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dandada. Yeah. Oh, shit. I feel special. Mama, I made it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Low, so... Let's take it back to your upbringing because I feel like, especially with guys like yourself, the way you were brought up really kind of formed or or allowed you to have a view of the world that really took you to where you are now. But 
let's take it back to childhood. What was that like? Like, what was, what was that experience for you? Who were those figures that really, you know, played a, a critical role in your formative years? Mm-hmm. Uh, childhood, um, man, it's it's always been like family mm-hmm. for me. Those that's always been like the people that's really been like my support system. Yeah. Um, I've always had like a really supportive family. However, um, I, emotionally, it was like really, really um, stressful. Really? Um, my mom and dad divorced when I was two. So my, I have no memory of them together. And for all I know, it was always been like, I always say like I lived like a double life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Going back and forth between mom and dad's house. Wow. And um, the dynamics were completely different. Really? On my mom's side... I was technically the man of the house, oldest of two brothers. On my dad's side, I was the only child for 14 years. Wow. Um, so just my life has always been about like adjustment, like literally going one week here, one week there, and just constantly having to adjust to parenting styles, Yeah. the dynamics of just the families. What, was that, li- what was that like for you? Were, were they significantly different in their styles of parenting? Uh, absolutely. Got um, it. my dad, well, yes, say my mom is definitely hands on. Got it. And my dad, I would say was hands off. However, he did, um, he kind of like, I, I feel like I didn't, I didn't appreciate it growing up, but yeah. now I get it. Like he kind of allowed me to figure it out on my own. Mm. I didn't, I didn't I understand that at the time. I felt like it was like an emotional disconnect, but I think a lot of it was just him trying to Allow me to navigate. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Where where'd you grow up? Uh South Central and Culver City, I would say. So Got literally it. like half and half. So my mom's side always lived in South Central. Got it. And then my dad lived in Culver City mm-hmm. um up until I was like eighth grade. Got it. So up until eighth grade, like I junior I mean elementary and, and um, junior high I went to school in Culver City and then the rest I went like South Central. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So mm. even even uh, schooling was split like that. Yeah. How was that for you as a kid growing up? Were you like bouncing between these worlds and having a yeah, juggle yeah, see, friends? Yeah, th- these or? are all things because it was like my reality. I didn't <coughs> I didn't realize how it how it um how much of a advantage it gave me compared to some of my peers that lived in South Central. <clears throat> just having just just being able to adjust to different lifestyles and just different. Um, economic classes just yeah. like being exposed to certain stuff that some of my peers wasn't I didn't understand that until later on oh really because it was lifestyle it was just like it was just I me feel like, like as kids and we were having this conversation with, with B. Wade is like as kids and even a lot of people is like as kids you don't know if you're poor or if you're black or if you're white until you start getting to the age where these things are, are brought to your attention Right. And, and especially for a lot of kids in, in, in South Central areas or areas where one would consider them, quote unquote, the hood. It's like you don't realize the, the possibilities or lack thereof until you're outside of that. hundred percent. Right. So like, like that part, like hundred <laughs> um, percent. I mean, I think and I do know, like I was always a little more intuitive than 
most of my peers. Like, yeah. I picked up on stuff because of, like, the adjustment. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like I was always connected to, like, just, like, my emotional senses and just other people's um, emotions. So it was just, like, certain things that I was always aware of and just, like, certain sensibilities. Um, but specifically in terms of just, like, that exposure part. Yeah. Uh, when I, My first job, my first job was when I was 16. Okay. Well, 15. My first um, got that work permit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> actually, my first, that's, I'm not going to even count that one as my first job, but my first official job was uh, 16 working. Didn't need the work permit. At um, That's true. <laughs> at the, uh, at the <laughs> Beverly Center at Up Against the Wall. Got it. Nice. Uh, which was uh, the premier store at the time. Yep. Specifically the Beverly Center location. Respect. Yeah. Uh, I and, remember um, that spot. That spot was jumping. Speaking of that, that's when I met all the 5-4 guys. Working really? at working at that shop up against the wall because they had they had just um they were really close with the store manager at the time and they had like their own like nice little sections that's where, cool. that's when I actually met them wild that's two thousand and what four two yeah two thousand five wild yeah um bro I was working at in two thousand four I was working at the Banana Republic in Beverly Center <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's tight so y'all, so y'all were in the same vicinity didn't even Wait, know it like like weren't they right by each other or like uh, they, so I think yeah because yeah. it was on the uh, <laughs> second floor second, second floor exactly, second floor yeah. yeah I feel like it was right by each other. right right near the uh, the Macy's. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, that's <laughs> wild. That's wild. That's dope. Uh, so, like, so going back, like, um, for me, like, I realize just that difference in terms of just like the power of exposure um, at a younger age, just, um, just on my commute to work, mm. just seeing the transitions between. At the time, it was, uh, you know, in my community, it was Popeye's chicken. In my in my community, it was Popeye's chicken, and as I would travel west, it, at the time it was Kukuru's chicken. So just, <laughs> oh so just, God. just like those subtle changes. <laughs> but but, but Kukuru su- suffered the same fate. Popeye's still chilling. Kukuru. Yeah. Right, right, right. Shout, oh. shout, R.I.P. Yeah. Kukuru's. <laughs> yeah. While simultaneously, <laughs> right, right, shout right. out to shout Kukuru's. Out to Popeye. Yeah. You know, and then and then um, later on, like I think the Beverly Center at the time was like one of the first. Um, Chipotle's. So yes. just seeing like Taco yes. Bell, right. yes. that is seeing right. Taco Bell, and yes. just seeing like these healthier choices. Like I was just, I picked up on like there's so mm. much more to offer, just on like little stuff like that. Yes, just in the commute to work. You know, that's so, incredible though. Yeah. But that it's it's wild that you pick up those types of things, right? Because they're, they're such staples, but you'd never really think of those being uh, barometers for that, right? right? Like from Taco, from Pizza Hut to fucking like. You know what I'm saying? Back in the day, it was like round table. Or right, right, notes, exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, what were your aspirations as a kid? So being that you, you know, you were somebody that, that was very in touch with their, I want to say emotions, but also their surroundings, right? You were very aware as a kid. Absolutely. Did you have, was it like as a kid, what, what were you, like elementary school and junior high, what were you, when you started dreaming, right? And when you started, when they started saying, what do you want to be when you grow up? Did you have that in mind, or was it, or did it completely sway from that? No, no, no. Actually, at the time, I wanted to be a hooper. I wanted to play basketball. Got it. Ball However, was life. However, ball was life. It still is. However, I just realized this, actually, last year, I was always working towards what I was doing now. How so? Um, I, even when I was younger, my, my first art exhibit I was in fourth or fifth grade, and I was collaborating. I had a collab, always like a serial collaborator. I had like an artist partner 
um, Daniel Lieberman. We was we went to Elrecon wow. together. What up, Daniel? Shout out, Daniel. <laughs> what up, Daniel? <laughs> See you, baby. Daniel Lieberman. Uh, so he and I, we what we used to do. Was, what was, what were the two roles? Was it like I'm gonna tell you? So got it. Since we were both hoopers, okay. um, Slam Magazine, any of those magazines, whoever was on the cover, we would draw the cover. He, he, we would take turns on who drew the cover. Okay. Um, whoever was on the cover. Generally, what we would do was we would like outfit them or like create like our own backdrop nice. for whatever. Wild. So we'll make like these weird scenarios. Like say it was like uh, a Mar, no, not a Mar side Mar. That was too too early. Uh, like Jason Kidd or somebody. Word. And um, they had on their jersey, but we'll put them in like a tropical setting or whatever. I feel you. Um, oh, so you were just doing the backgrounds of them? No, we would draw the person, oh, but I see, but I you see. know, in the slam magazine is just like them. It's just them playing basketball or whatever. But we were always, like, we always had this imagination, like, kind of bring them into our own world. That's amazing. Wow. And, and with these um, images. Um, do these exist still? Yeah, yeah, they do. They do. Okay, I, gonna, I, have, I have most of them. Okay, I'm going to need you to break that out. And I didn't realize this. Like, my mom, shout out to my mom. She's always been, I think, really good parenting is, like, when you you find out what your kid's are into and you mm. try to nurture yes those those talents or absolutely. interests and people like absolutely so when when I got into art she was looking around trying to you know we she was seeing what type of opportunities there were and at the time in Culver City um we entered uh an art exhibit oh wow and um shout out to his mom as well they they chipped in and they had all of our images framed no way! Wow! And we, we was the only kids in this uh, exhibit with with adults, and um, that's that wild, so awesome. And one of our uh, one of shout our shout out to both of y'all mothers. I know, right? Now. And one of our um, our drawings came in first place. It was like no, a, it was like this no. abstract of Kobe Bryant. I, I actually have that. When we split like we did like wow. just looking back, we did like an exhibit of like twenty four images, like like professionally framed. Different colors, so we had like the different color frames to match the. And um, how old were y'all at this time? Fifth grade, so oh, ten. Shit. I have pictures and everything. I have pictures, and I still have all the all the um, images in their frames at my house. That's insane. Yeah. It's so it's something so nice when you're a kid. It's, there's like this innocence in everything, right? right. It's not about you're not thinking about uh, your career or making money or discovering what the new trend is. It's purely your imagination and fun and just, you know, uh, into art. It's, it's such a pure space at that time. Yeah, it's such a blank slate, bro. Yeah, it's, you know, I feel like creativity is like almost at its purest there. Yeah. Because you have no, you don't care about like judgment. You don't have that, those insecurities that are popping up. You know, there's not the fucking critics. Nice. Nor is there like the honor roll classes that when you start like to hit the, like, the class system within school, like I feel like that comes in like middle school. Yeah. Right. Right. I hated the honor roll kids. I just want to say that. We I, mean, I, I, I was the one honor roll kid that literally infiltrated the shit out of the whole system, right? Because y'all know me. I'm loud. I'm obnoxious at times, right? And the smart kids hated me, bro. But one thing that I did have, and in those younger years, group presentations are so heavily weighted on everything. So I became the go-to dude for all the smart kids that literally just be reading off of a notepad, I was like, look, dude, just give me the info. 
and let me set this presentation up. <laughs> right? So you have so you have super smart kids that want like the straight outcast in the group because they're like, shit, we're gonna get an A plus on our presentation. That's right, that's right. You know what I'm saying? So but at that time I knew I was like, all right, this is how we're gonna game this shit. You know what I mean? Y'all using me. I'm using you. <laughs> this is a beautiful scenario. <laughs> that's tight. That's tight. And that even went through college, bro. Like, cats would just be crazy with their notes and just be like, look, dude, like, I'll be in your group. I'll do this work. You guys do the, the models and the Excel sheets and all that. Just privy me up to the info. If you want me to handle your slides too, I got you. <laughs> just make me sound like I know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'll speak to the professor like like we doing a business deal. Right? <laughs> That's so tight. <laughs> just the gift of gab, Nushi. Did 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 art like really continue starting after okay. the fifth grade? So so so, so y'all went first. So that was like the, the y'all mothers must have been so proud. Oh my god! Yeah, it must have been like what what restaurant did y'all hit after? You know, man, what I'm I don't even remember. The thing is, like looking back, like I have all those pictures. I'm like, wait, like this was legit, like a art art exhibit, <laughs> and we're just like these little kids missing teeth. Like it's just like we're like little kids with these adults. Like it was crazy. Wow, I cannot wait to see these. Yeah, it's crazy. So that was fifth grade. Fourth or fifth grade, and then so going into junior high, I had a I had I was making a shift between I was still a hooper, but I really was getting into music. Mm. Um, it went from slam magazines. Now I'm collecting vibe yeah. source source um, double XL double XL. Well, no. Not because I didn't want to. Double XL, they had, you know, the booty ass in the back. I got so you, I got you. The, the, <laughs> the parental <laughs> advisor was a little, a little, you know. And, 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 I've, you and I've always, um, even still to this day, like I always read them from the back. So you start with the booty mag, like Yeah, you know, the just, classified ads yeah, randomly. He, like, oh, he had man. the double XL subscription, but it was ordered to his neighbor's apartment. Straight. And he's just like, he just, smart, he, man. He was, he, he smart man. Was, <laughs> he was just waiting, waiting for the mailman to come. If, only, we're, if only we were so clever then, you yeah. know what I mean? That's a cheat code. That, that, that is a cheat code. <laughs> hey, so, hey, so, hey. so I made the transition from... Um, from doing basketball images to like rap or rap rap artists or whatever, um, and and I had a collaborate same context like same portrait same st- and exactly so um, same thing like I remember what is it um, like when No Limit like some of the No Limit guy was on some like I think a Source magazine wow. and I I drew them all mystical. Can't remember most of the names, yeah. but I drew them all. Mystical, on, mystical, yeah. <laughs> mystical, mystical, masterpiece, masterpiece. Sea Murder, yeah. Mystical. Sea yeah. Murder so, was definitely on that yeah. cover. Then. Yeah, Silk the Shocker. Uh, Shout out. Um, Maya was like in the background, just like humming. Oh yeah, that's right. wait. Actually, there I have. I drew one been. with Maya and really? Silk the Shocker wearing jerseys. Word. Um, and I had a collaborator at that time too. Shout out to Kendra Morris. What was it? Kendra, it was a Kendra girl. Morris. So we we collaborated um, on images. I thought it was Kenver Morris. I was like, no. damn, bro, you getting these equi- like eclectic? You got Daniel Lieber, you got <laughs> Kenver Morris. <laughs> no, Shout no. out to Kendra Morris. Kendra Morris, and uh, and so this was like the start. Also, when I started to get into fashion as well, mm. and so what I used to do was my in sixth grade, I came up with the idea to um, for for Renware. Got and it. Everyone on my family called me. Ren Ren, and um, which is shortening Lorenzo, so they uh-huh. called me Ren Ren. Okay. So like, I came up with this idea to make Ren wear. 
Brandon so, Blair, gotcha. Um, whoever like was on the cover of the magazines, I will always draw them in Renware. Got it. So Got that it. was kind of like the start of me kind of like thinking of my own brand without yeah. even even knowing it. And combining it with the art you were already doing. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of like, those were like the preliminary stages. That's interesting. And uh, were you taking art more seriously at that time? Or was it was it still like the nucleus? Or were you thinking about really jumping maybe into fashion or maybe into music? Um, well, no. I mean, I definitely... I took it seriously in a sense of like, that's all I did, but it was never, I never thought of it as a career. Yeah. Like at that time I still, what, what like you it? can have told me that I wasn't going to go to college for basketball or the NBA. Mm. Like I was a hooper. But what was oh, it? You what, were, that was still, you know, that was my love. That's uh, that my still, first love basketball. What, what was it about fashion that even made you go to that length of starting Renware? Right? Like what, what inspired you? To be able to start creating this, because like you, it, it, from to go from like conceptually to actually pursuing it, even in whatever form it is, there has to be like a really kind of a a, a strong attachment, if you will. No. Yeah, yeah. I think I've always just like I always understood the concept of just wanting to be my own boss. Got it. Um, and just you know where that came from? Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I know that I know that my grandmother. Well, in terms of like background, on my grandmother, she was a huge seamstress. She she did stuff for a lot of stars. Got it. Um, so you dad, were seeing this going on. Yeah, I, I was around it, but it wasn't like it was registering. just lifestyle. It was just it was I was there, but I wasn't. It wasn't registering in terms of like I wasn't picking up on a sense of like I want to do this. Yeah. At least not consciously. At least it was all yeah. subconscious. And um, even like with my dad, my dad had he. He uh, had some brands of his own or whatever. Still, just wasn't registering. I think when I actually met um, Carl Kanai I, yo, when I was younger, and I had a conversation. I don't remember. Carl Kanai is that dude, Wait, though, bro. Can we go to that moment? Yeah. He just said Carl Kanai. Carl yeah. Kanai yeah. was that dude, though. You, you, talk, you talk to even, like, kids in this day and age, like, Carl Kanai has, like, come across these cats yeah, yeah, that, like, sure. are doing it in the game, but, like, have has been an inspiration to them. Like I remember rocking Kanai all day back Man. in the day. He was such an innovator. And I think also just seeing like how again I was young. I, I it has to have been like sixth grade. Um just seeing how transparent he was and just mm. like also fly at the same time. Yeah. And just like um what, just admiring him. Like man, what, was, what was it about his transparency? Cause that's a that's that's really critical of like people in that in that stature well the thing i didn't understand the difference like i'm looking back i'm speaking yeah. from like, yeah like i know what it feels like for someone to kind of be like standoffish yeah. and cold mm -hmm. versus mm -hmm. like just remembering like how nice he was maybe it was because i was a kid or i don't know but he was like he, i he I was he was really receptive to to me as a kid Got and he, he was like like little man you could do it like That's and that, i think that i don't know if that triggered anything but Got it. I know from there. So you're just getting hit on all subconscious levels then, bro. Yeah. And I, I mean, like I said, I still was a hooper. Yeah. hundred percent. Did those ever con uh, conflict each other? Because uh, you know what? Like, like, you don't, as you, at least when you get into um, high school, you know how there can kind of be a divide between athletics and the arts or, um, you know, it just starts to be more defined. 
Did you start to enter high school? Yeah, well, it wasn't, it, no, it was actually closer to when I was exiting high school. When, oh, when, it, mm. when it started to like, when I started to question and kind of like look at things differently. Um, one, I didn't go to a good sports high school. I went to an academic high school. Okay. And um, actually, it started, probably started with ninth grade, to be honest with you, in terms of just like my idea of basketball because I was always extremely passionate about it. And I think I always played better. I always played better um, in situations that was not pressured. Oh, okay. Like pickup games sure. and like playing against grown men and just like, but when I get in, when I got into the game, just thinking about like messing up and not really playing my real game. Like Dude, I, was, I was way better than I played a lot of times on the court. And I think it started in ninth grade when I, Initially, I actually I know what happened. Um, initially, I didn't make the team in because ninth, in, ninth in ninth grade because the coach said I was too um, I was too much of a street baller. What oh, that wow! I was too much like I was too fancy. Like I was yeah, too he, much. He, I was he, just he, playing he, my he game. Saw, he saw an one VHS and was like, mm mm. But, but like, <laughs> you're so not you're on. not gonna be skipped so to like my looing around but, here, bro. It's like I would like. For a non, for like a non-athletic high school, yeah, talking about your ninth grade freshman basketball you. team. Was, oh, you're, he's, like, he's like the science I, magnet I, school. He's like, uh. I would be like, no, no, get more street ballers. <laughs> like, we need you guys. But the thing is, I was out there busting ass. I was looking like, cause I was going for varsity, and I was like, I was out there really competing with the with the guys. And I think he was just too conservative. He didn't understand. So I think from that, okay. I think mm -hmm. that changed. Like, I was thinking too much when I got in the game. I'm messing up, making, like, uh, terrible mistakes. So, I think my passion for basketball started its decline in ninth grade. Oh, wow. That's so sad. And, I, and, then, oh. and then I got on the team eventually. But it was, like, it was almost kind of like that first impression of just, like, a bad yeah. taste in my mouth. We yeah. kind of just kept going down. And then but we again, got a new that, coach. That, that shows the, the, the importance of, of these types of figures in people's lives. Right. Like the coach is the is the gatekeeper at that point. Right. You don't got anyone else unless you're playing in AAU teams right. and like different traveling teams. That coach is either gonna have a self fulfilling prophecy for you, one way or another. Right. It's insane. Yeah. And also it was like a to experience coming up when you're kind of like I wouldn't say the golden child, but you you experience all these wins. Yeah. And then to kind of like <laughs> when you're about to really compete at a new level. To, for it to kind of be like a door, mm. it, was, it was just like a shift. I'm like, whoa, oh, wow. I'm not used to this. But I, I fought through it. But it just, I know, I'm just look, thinking back. I know that that was probably the decline of like my passion wow. for basketball. It's so interesting because he could have, um, he could have phrased that so differently. But, yeah. Now I'm not, I'm not trying to like harp on what this coach said. Yeah. It just, it is it bothers me to hear that he, you know, messed with something that was so. Um, such your passion because if you say you know you're too much of a street baller if anything if i was a coach or i don't know i'm just talking out loud but you it's are like, a coach joe i'm a coach man <laughs> <laughs> like embrace that yeah, yeah. and then add to it but exactly he took it away from you exactly so you jumped he made it like a bad thing yeah, and i'm so, like so you jumped in these games like oh wait i'm, I'm not supposed now i have to fit into this other box then actually be yourself and improve on the qualities you have. Yeah, you know, maybe get more, you know, technique or. Uh, but at the same time, we're talking about like you're mm -hmm. trying to get on a varsity team. No, I in know. Ninth grade, I know, I right? Know. 
It's not like it's not like he didn't make the the freshman team, yeah, because he was too much of a street baller, and right. then they killed his hopes. You know what I mean? But like again, it in these types of figures, it all could be done differently. You know what right. I mean? But the, it's it's wild for me that like okay, hooping, and then this was the beginning of the demise in basketball for you. Yeah. Was there a did something else pick up right away, or was something else blossoming in the midst as uh, it was going, yeah, I or think, was I it think like fashion? Um, sixteen, that first job at up against the wall. Okay, um, because the reason I bring that up, right, is because like you hear stories about like the Michaels and all these cats like didn't make the JV team and th- these types of things, and they coming back ready to just blap on a coach. Very mm-hmm. true, mm-hmm. right? But they're also. In my head, I'm just trying to think, like, subconsciously, was there something else that was, like, also brewing to where it's like, you know what? Yes, I'm not in this situation to where to where this is going to go on. And maybe I want to explore some other things as opposed to ball being all of life. Right. Was that, like, brewing or was it just... I don't know if it was brewing, but I, I do think that there was a... Um, it was definitely, like, a shift. Got it. Or like a wake up of consciousness, like oh, this is actually like when I started working at Up Against the Wall, and I saw like just interacting with the different stylists and interacting with other people. Um, it just showed me a different side. Like there can actually, there's actually other possibilities mm. in this industry um, that you, that I may have interest in. So Got that's it. I know the the shift really started probably in eleventh grade. Got it. Yeah. Got it. I was still playing basketball. Um, but it was definitely like, like, hmm, instead of only like applying to like schools that for sports or not, not sports, but just applying to schools that had good sports teams. I'm like looking at like who, who has a fashion program who mm. like I literally like the shift really took place Got it. around that time. Were you always a kid that put himself together? Well, like what, what, what was yeah, that? Got absolutely. It. Okay. That was that. That was that a hundred percent. Take Take us. And, and again, I think <laughs> I, see, you see, yeah. I wish y'all could see that big ass smile yeah. just come into play. I think again, so much stuff like I reflect so much. So yeah. at the time, I didn't appreciate it. Mm. I, I, I was always fresh, but I think my da- I think my dad is a great example of maturity in terms of just like delivery. Mm-hmm. When he had they, my mom and dad had me at twenty two, twenty three. Wow, very young. Yeah. Um, Jeez. 22, 23, That's married, wild. everything, like, 22, 23. Um, so up until, if he was 23, uh, whenever he had my sister, 14 years later, yeah. whatever the math is, yeah. 14 years 36, later. 37. 37, like, that was a better, by the time my sister came along, he she he was way more, um, he had more patience. It mm. was just like a different yeah. person, yeah. even more mature. So, because he's he's gone he's gone through the experience of raising exactly exactly a kid that he didn't know what the hell was going on. With the so so to to go to rewind a little bit with me, I think his delivery a lot of times was just like brash and it was mm. just like like nah man we don't we don't do that we don't wear that. Got it. My mom, I remember specifically. Um, <laughs> my mom, <laughs> like, like literally, like my mom. And that was another thing. Even with them, like even with them, like they wasn't they, to go back to like my my upbringing they weren't the most mature and even with handling yeah. each other and handling yeah. me i became i was the middleman a lot of times yeah sure sure you know just so that's why i said i was always aware of different of 
of people's emotions because I was always trying to monitor, okay, I can't have this person here because my dad, like always managing way too much that I had to as yeah. a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember my great grandmother, um, my mom's grandmother on my mom's side, we used to go to the mall at the time. I didn't mind wearing what kids wore, like, you know, the light up shoes. Mm -hmm. My dad was like a brand person. I feel you. He was like, nah. Nah, we don't do that around here. He used to call them bubble yums. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't gonna wear those bubble yums over here. We about to go get you some Jordans, some Shaqs. That's when Shaqs was with Reebok. Like, Wild. You about Dang. to get fly. So, that was like conditioning. <laughs> like, but, but like, he, he, brought, he brought back the Shaqs. <laughs> yeah, like, that was like conditioning. It's like, okay, yeah. so, again, like how, like most things, like, I've always been the type of person, like, I don't have to be told more than once for it to actually pick up and become, like, for me to, like, I didn't really have to get spankings. Like, if I saw it happen, I would kind of make adjustments. Yeah. So I've always kind of been like that. So yeah. um, going back to, like, just not wanting to hear him, you know, uh, uh, talk about me, I guess. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I just became more conscious of my appearance. Got it. Again, like I think it was the delivery was bad, but I I'm so appreciative of it now because uh, it started to refine your preferences. I, absolutely, bit. yeah, absolutely. I mean, but it was all like I know that he planted that seed, and, he, and my dad is like super fresh. I feel at fifty one, like he is. I feel you. Definitely, uh, I'll, I'll be telling these ladies like. This is what you have to look forward to when I'm 51. I you feel know? you. That is the blueprint, you know? So, so Respect. He, he set the standard for Absolutely. you at, at it, a young age. It's, it's so wild for me to think of, like, being able to reflect now, but also I think it's really important. Like, you were raised by kids in terms of adulthood, right? Technically, yeah, yeah. Because, like, we, we think about it now. Like, bro, could we imagine right when we graduate college having a kid, Hell being no. married, like figuring out our lives at that point. Mm -hmm. Like it's not like then was any different where, okay, careers were established. It may have been a little different like in terms of society, but the mind at 22, 23, right? The world ahead of them at 22, 23, and also the responsibility of raising a kid. Like our generations now are way like at that 30 level of like, okay, it's respectable. Like right. we can start having our life together at 28 to 32 and start having kids. Absolutely. It's wild to just think of the insane pressures that our parents went through. Right. Like in reflection. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but how special all these different things are. Mm -hmm. Because had they not been, who knows who you'd become. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's really special to me to just see that like dynamic between child and parent. Because I grew up in a household where, you know, my parents fought a shitload. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that they had in, com like, in common was me. Mm -hmm. Right. And what I started to realize more and more as I was able to really kind of understand and, and appreciate the nuances was they loved each other. They just couldn't communicate, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. So they always tried to stay together for me, broke up, got back together, broke up, got back together, broke up, got back together. But in doing that, that was very formative in who I became mm -hmm. because I was always the new kid in a different school. I was always the funny fat kid, mm -hmm. right? Chubby and cute as hell. <laughs> feel me? Bad hair back then. <laughs> feel me? But like, I'd always been a new kid. And I was also empathetic to what it felt like to be the new kid, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. As opposed to 
because I felt so much love at home, even though they were fighting all the time, they showed me love, right? But like, I think that's what allowed me to kind of be willing to be open to new circumstances, but also be in tune enough with my emotions to like respect people and what their feelings are. Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. when little kids are getting picked on, I wasn't the, like the bully in the popular group that was like, <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. It was like, yo, bro, chill. Like, yeah, that, are you okay? I think, I mean, what you're saying, that like that was my experience as well, just mm. in terms of just being aware of um, everyone's, I think, like just emotions and everything, just having empathy because I was managing so much. Yeah. Um, just with, I feel like my parents, just like trying to, my dad would, Give me a message to tell my mom. Yeah, trust oh, me. Oh my god, the way he and told you, me, you watered it. The, the, oh, hundred percent, or, or, or vice versa. Vice versa. Yeah, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. or, or, up. or act like it wasn't like always just trying to like find the middle ground. Exactly, that was stressful, man. Yeah, yeah. that was stressful. Like, I, I mean, I didn't really. But would you looking at it now? Would you have had it any other way? Technically, no. But I mean, that's I mean, that's Got it. that is. I would have wished that they were a little more mature. I, the yeah. only way I, the only way I would have had it is that I would have tried to stay a kid. Got it. I, it kind of, it kind of, yeah. it made me grow up a little bit quicker. Absolutely. Because I was too too aware of yeah. like the things that were going on. I think. Mm. And some some moments I didn't I didn't enjoy because Absolutely. I was managing the room or trying to manage. Yeah. You know, as if these weren't adults that couldn't handle it. <laughs> you know. Absolutely. What was uh? What were your friends like? Uh, man, I like that. Um, I don't know, man. Like friendships has always been like a, a hard thing for me to be honest with you. Really? Yeah. Um, I think I mean I've I've come a long way, but I think I've had a lot of trust issues because I, I think I've always been that person that uh, gave more and got less. Mm. Especially Ooh. in friendships, and explicitly because, felt that, a hundred percent. Um, because okay, so starting with like junior high, um, not junior high, elementary. So you go, uh, I I started this one particular um, Elrin Khan in Culver City, second grade. So you go second grade all the way through fifth grade, establishing these great relationships. You see these kids every day, and then God forbid you guys don't go to the same junior high mm -hmm. it was always me that was trying to keep those relationships going reaching out and just always and it seemed like i was always like left behind and that happened on every stage wow from like junior high same thing we all go to different high schools trying to keep everyone together um same with high school the people i talk to now from high school it's so weird that i talk to them because they weren't like actually two people um two girls that I talked to that were actually like I, I hung out with. But outside of that, the people that I like probably had fights with, all these things that had like some really serious moments with, don't talk to at all. Mm. It's wild because I, I think back and I'm like, bro, like I don't talk to anybody right. really from my from past, elementary yeah. school. Because like I grew up in the Bay. Right. There's, there's a few kids that I do, but it's just like in passing, casual convo, or like just like on – Instagram, we found each other like, yo, what's good? Tell your dad. I said, what's up? It, it may be a genuine love for like what we had when we were kids, but it's, it was crazy to me to just kind of think about it. I was like, damn, like, I'm so different than some of these dudes. Like, we were such best friends, right. but like, we're so different now. Right. Did you feel that for you that you were 
different or um, the ob- were you ever like the oddball of the group no, or anything like that? No, never. I was actually always popular. Okay. Oh, but I always say by default. Because at kid by at kids when you're kids, it's not too many things that you have like a small scale that you, you know, he's I'm not the worst looking guy, so the girls kind of like me. I can dress, have cool shoes, so you know, like new, you. like new gear, like so I was like popular. I mean, it wasn't like a huge determining thing. So I was kind of always popular by default. However, um. It just never cared. I feel like it. I was always like there for fun. Mm. No one really cared outside of like, oh, he can dance or, you know, he knows all the girls. Like it was never like it was always surface. It was never like, yeah. how is he really feeling? Absolutely. You know, but I feel like in those times also, like it is very surface. Right. right? Like you think about high school, especially like all the cool kids in high school, rarely do the cool kids in high school stay cool. That's right. like, it, it boggles my mind. Yeah, right. you up in like Rarely a, do these cool early. kids stay cool. Like, a lot of the cool kids are still in the same city their high school's in. Right. Right? You may be fortunate enough to live in L.A. and, like, you're able to explore. But, like, even with my high school, like, the cool kids, I was really friends with all different types of groups. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was, like, a group of friends of mine Back in the, like, I remember this vividly, junior year, it started to be like, okay, you're not getting invited to the football games by your squad, mm-hmm. right? Cats are acting a little weird, but I'm an outspoken dude, so I'm like, yo, what the fuck is going on, mm-hmm. right? Like, I'm hearing y'all out here, this, that, and the other, and these assholes had the audacity to be like, look, bro, when we go out, you just get way too much attention, so if you want to kick it with us, like, you're just going to need to change and, like, calm down. And I'm like, wait, am I getting too much attention in a bad way? Or it's just like, you can't handle people like fucking with me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? And they're like, the latter. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. So at that moment, like, I just had a pock moment. I was like, well, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Y'all all can go get fucked. Right. Right? And then I became like, really just like bouncing around. Mm-hmm. Right? But all of those kids, sans like one or two, were like, in community college for eight years, like still in in the same fucking area in Mission Viejo, like living a great, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. suburban life, married with kids. But like it trips me out because there's such a superficialness to us as like kids, but like some of us just start becoming earlier than others. Mm-hmm. But it, it changes when you get into adulthood. Because mm-hmm. adulthood is when you really, or like even like college and beyond, because you really start figuring out who you are and going towards your focuses. Mm. And naturally, you just see that, like, even from college, bro, like, I look back, how many of the homies from college am I really kicking it with on a daily basis? Mm-hmm. None. Right. Mm. right. It's wild. Yeah, same. Um, I do know, like, two things. So I know that, like, my, my I've always valued friendship, and, yeah. I, and just looking, looking at it now, like, I think that aspect of me has always been the same. Like I think because I've always trouble with it. So I always try to nurture relationships, which probably leads now. Like why, like certain things I avoid, like, you know, mixers and all that shit. That's kind of like preference around, like, what do you networking. do? Networking. Yeah. Like I, I avoid all that stuff because I actually value relationships and people always say, you know, everybody. Yeah. But the way I came into knowing people is not, 
you know, I'm not passing out business cards. Yeah. Sure. I'm not like. Hey, bro, let's break bread, dog. I really like what you do. I don't use words like build and shit like that. I'm not. I feel you. I mean, I I say connect, but like, let's build. We should collaborate. That's not how I. Right. Yeah. You know, especially not when I first meet you. Yeah. Like some people say, what's your name? Lorenzo? Oh, yeah, we should build. We should work. Like, whoa, you don't even know what I do yet. Yeah. Well, you look cool. Exactly. It's like, bro, is that <laughs> real right now? You yeah. don't know how many people even like in the music, like in my music grind, it's like, yo, dog, douche, I heard you like get it done and all that. And like this dude talks well about you. That dude's like, yo, bro, let's break bread, dog. <laughs> and I'm just like, bro, literally. But for me, it's like, again, with pe- see, this is the thing with, with cats like us, all of us here, right? Mm-hmm. We're very in tune with ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like we kind of get to that point of like, damn, like, how do I put this lightly or like, no, I just don't, I don't want to fuck with you. I don't fuck, I'm not going to like <laughs> pussyfoot around this. Right, right, right. right. But, with, but with cats, regardless of what their stature was, hey, if you're a dude with, with prominence and you're telling me let's build, you don't know who the fuck I am. I'm like, my standard response is, bro, how the fuck are we going to break bread? When I haven't even invited you to the fucking crib yet, right? The the, the, the right. metaphorical crib, uh, right? You haven't. We don't even know each other yeah. for me to let your bitch ass in the crib, right? 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 right. Also- nor nor are you even friendly enough with me to be at the dinner table. Right. So where the fuck did the bread come from? <laughs> right. You aren't even close to getting to the bread for us to be even attempting to break the shit. Tell me about it. Right? <laughs> well, it's, it's crazy because, I mean, we're in an industry where that's so common. You know, right. It, right. It, it breeds it, right? Hey, right. No, dog, you dress so like, nice, it, dog. It just, like, it just does. You a I stylist mean, or something? Like, <laughs> let's build, bro. I consider myself, like, I'm pretty, yeah, it's crazy. Like, I'm pretty low-key. Like, a lot of my friends, see, I've known my, my friends either through some since I was five years old mm-hmm. and some since high school. That's pretty much it. Like all, you know, the kids I went to elementary school, to middle school, to high school, um, even my friends from college. Now, where, where are you from? L.A. Oh, that's dope. Okay. Yeah. Born and raised in Beverly Hills High. Beverly Hills High. He, he's wow. like your, your, your L.A. kid. You know what wow. I mean? Yeah. I, see, I admire stories like that. <laughs> I, can, I cannot relate, but like, I really admire it. Yeah. And, and I, I asked the question about the friends. Like, from my perspective, my closest friends in my that are, are my, my brothers. <laughs> mm-hmm. None are in music. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I've been a musician. I you know I'm in the music business, mm-hmm. but none are actually in music. They're just like my friends from from growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, for you, that's a question about friends because when I think about my closest relationships started from those young ages, mm-hmm. right? When it wasn't so clicked out, it mm-hmm. wasn't so like. The athletes stay with the athletes. The skaters stay with stay with the skaters. The, you know, the real friendships kind of connected at a young age and then built to adulthood. Mm-hmm. And for you, as you're transitioning from being an athlete to getting into the fashion world, I'm so curious to see like the people you surround yourself in with and um, and how that kind of affected that next step for you. Because I'll bring it back here and I'll keep it keep it kind of short. In high school, I was like in the skater crew, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like in middle school, in sixth grade, I was just super into skateboarding, uh, really into music. I, w- I was really into art. I wanted to be an animator. Mm-hmm, I like, mm-hmm. drew cartoons every single day in high school. That's wild. Dude, I, yeah, this is crazy. 
Uh, I have books of cartoons, like straight, like the pages where you flip and stuff and they animate. Oh, shit. That's tight. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I went to high school and you had to kind of pick a side, right? Mm-hmm. And so the guy, the kids I, I grew up with um, from like sixth to eighth grade that went skate, that were skateboarders, mm-hmm. just innocent kids skating. Then in high school, um, you're kind of in that crew. But I was also an athlete at the same time. Mm-hmm. And the skater kids... I stopped fucking with because mm-hmm. I just felt they were super degenerates. Mm-hmm. Um, they were getting into drugs. I wasn't into drugs. Um, it just like, it didn't fuck with kind of like my, the, how I felt. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was a really transitional time to figure that out. I was like, all right, I'm not going to be this identity anymore. This doesn't fit. I'm going to go to the sports side. Mm-hmm. And I just like jumped on the track team. And then met. That was dope. Yeah. It's just it's track, right? <laughs> and then, which led to football, then like wrestling and shit like that. But um, it was a way I, I met my best friend, even to this day, my boy Amir. Mm-hmm. Um, met him during that transition. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, I just need to latch on to somebody. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we met from fucking making fun of the same kid, uh, just like joking around, but in tra- on track. Mm-hmm. Now, if hearing about your transitional time from like hoop is life mm-hmm. you know i figured part of your friends come from that kind of like hoop is life mentality that's what i, I would assume right right well so and i'm I'm like really trying to like think back but like no one is consistent no none of my yeah, none of my so earlier friendships have been consistent the only people i'm extremely family oriented like extreme like family is everything to me yeah. so the consistency has come from family both sides and like I said, the dynamics are different. My dad's side is a little more youthful. Um, I had an aunt and uncle that were young. Mm-hmm. So I grew up with them, just spending time with both of them. Um, then I had cousins later on who wasn't, I mean, I'm 10 years older than the, than the oldest cousin. Um, and then on my mom's side, I was the oldest brother. And it's a smaller family, mm. but the family has always been extremely, that's where all the consistency has come and that and the most support. However, yeah. um, to go back to like, there was a shift. I'm kind of like, cause I don't, I don't think about this stuff so far removed from who I was, but yeah. I had a, I mean, I had like a really interesting time, especially growing up in South LA, um, where just like you, you study you have to know you you have to be book smart, but also street smart. Mm-hmm. It was like imperative for survival. So, I mean, stuff that I, even like going back to my dad, my dad used to always get on me and stuff like I didn't appreciate at the time or I didn't understand at the time because just the delivery. Yeah. But he always used to say, you know, he got me onto like, you know, make sure your back is not against the door. Like all these, all these little things that I picked up on, that Got I felt it. like he was just like picking on you, picking on me. Yeah, but he was really prepping me. Mm. You know, he was really prepping me. Um, it's insane what the delivery can do. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, it, it could be a perfect message. Did th- did that kind of build you of okay? Your dad did it this way. You understood that. You started getting that it was all positive, but you also realized, okay, dad, you didn't deliver it well which is why i couldn't receive it well at that point well both did parents that, yeah well both yeah. parents did that transform how you 
delivered because you you seem like a very because yeah, yeah. With, with us like you are a very deliberate person right, right, right like your words have purpose and mm-hmm. your words have meaning what you say you mean but at the same time you're delicate with how you say certain things. i think I'm, my senses are definitely heightened because of i know how it it affected me growing up yeah mm-hmm. and just like how and my mom used to even with my mom my mom used to get so mad at me because I will come home and tell her something with enthusiasm that I learned from a teacher that she had been telling me all this time. It was like, <laughs> but you was yelling at me, so it didn't even come off. <laughs> so she used to get so mad because I would tell her stuff that she had already told me, but it yeah. just I didn't process it the yeah. same way. So um, part of like just my upbringing just happened to have, especially also it was also a huge conflict of interest when you're in the fashion and you're trying to, or not in fashion, I was just like in the style. Yeah. It wasn't even about fashion, Got it was about being it. fresh, yeah. really. Yes. Yeah. Being the freshest kid. Yeah. So I followed the trends and the trends was usually set by whichever hip hop artist I yeah, was into. Absolutely. You know, from Valores, so whatever it was, whatever that time <laughs> the Valores, was, boy. I hung with the best. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I was a happy participant yeah. in the culture. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. So <laughs> it was a conflict because a lot of the, in, a lot of the influences came from the East Coast where the dynamic was totally different. Yeah. You know, you seeing all these weird colors and stuff on TV you can't necessarily partake in that because you have to be aware of what, what this color indicates yes. in this color. When you go here, you have That's to be where the street smarts. Exactly. Out. So it's like not only having to know, you know, you know, five times five, you know, also yeah. know when I'm in the, the twenties, yeah. this is this gang yeah. knowing what those numbers translate or like this is, you can't wear this hat. You can't even like, I'm just telling this with my boy, Russell, you actually know Russell, I yes. think. So we were, Russ? Just, we were just talking about this, um, about like just how, like growing up, especially during like the whole Jersey scene, or Jersey trend, like yes. the throwbacks, you couldn't even get like the matching hat because that hat was synonymous with one gang or whatever. So wow. it was like, it's like, damn, it's throwing off my outfit. I need the hat. <laughs> I, I need the you. hat to match. <laughs> Shit, I got, the, I got the match the shoes, but the hat, you know, I had braids. At the, like I was a totally different person. And yeah. I was like, between 13 and 15, I was really going down the wrong path. Wholeheartedly. Really? 100%. Well, hold, was, hold on, hold on. Why, yeah, why, why the wrong path? Uh, hanging around with the wrong people. And just. What, all, what, was, that, was that street life starting to be attractive to you? Or was it more like you were just around those kids? It was, it was, it was, I don't think it was never, I don't think it was ever really attractive. I think some of it was survival, mm. which I think a lot of why a lot of people some of the initial reasons why they may get involved in gangs um, is for survival. Wow. Um, That's insane. I used to get, I used to get banged on all the time. Really? And I've had guns pulled on me. (sighs) My first time having a gun pulled on me was in the library. Shut the fuck up. So let me tell you what that does to you. What what was that? In In the uh, library? Yeah. In in, uh, high school or middle school? Uh, Junior, junior high. Junior high. What junior. the hell happened? And let me tell you, I was at the library across the street. Were you in the south side of Chicago at that time? Like what? Technically, I mean, I was across the street from USC when it was oh, that library. Wow. That's right where the Brims, oh, which is a huge yes, blood game. Yes. For whatever reason, the fucking library was their <laughs> kicking spot. Like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pick one. God damn it. You going to study or you going to bang? Which one is it? <laughs> I'm at the... You know, so like I'm at the I'm at the computer I'm at the keyboard 
and I just sensed it. And my mom is in the library. She your had, mom's there too. She, but she, it's no awareness of what's happening because when you're a kid and your par- your parents send you off to school, they don't really know. Especially, and it's, it's it's worse in certain areas, but they don't know what you may go to go through, you know, yeah, in sure. school. So wow. Um, I sensed it. Ha- I, I, I knew that something bad was about to happen. <laughs> I felt it like I sensed them the coming up to me. I, I sensed them coming up to me. I'm at the keyboard um, computer, and he, like, went through the whole thing. Like, where are you from? And, you know, and, like, like literally, like, he sat next to me and, like, and like showed me the gun and, like, you know, what's up? Like, and just, like, really, but, oh, like, fuck. trying to be, cor- not cordial, but also trying to be tactful because he's in the library, but also yeah, still, getting his, bang on you like still that. getting his point on, get, getting his point across. The library bang. Wow. So, that was, like, the first, like, one Wait, of the- so how did that end? So, so keep Wait, going. Let me, Wait, I mean, let keep me ask going. you this. From somebody that grew up in that environment, right? Mm-hmm. And, and this has always been a thing for me. It's like I've had like I've had one experience with that with somebody. I'm just like in the wrong place. I'm like, where are you from? And I literally like they let like thank God they let me go from my super perplexed reaction. I was like, I'm from San Jose, dog. What you talking? What you talking about? So they see a Persian kid. They're like, all right, bro, we'll we'll let him go, mm-hmm. right? But in communities like that, mm-hmm. having to deal with like getting banged on or what's your set or where y'all from. And you guys growing growing up in that environment where you know that like a response can trigger something, mm-hmm. right? Like what the or, fuck? Or is no, or a non-response. Non-response. That's that's so, like so. What the damn fuck? If you do damn, if you don't really in some so, case. So how like how do you bypass that? Like what, you just got to be lucky. Yeah, I think. I mean, there's really no there's no answer. I had I I got one that wasn't willing to press the issue even further. Yeah, mm. I've had situations where. It has been pressed further, and um, I think that was one of the initial things, like where it was happening so frequently, and I'm like, "Fuck this!" Like, I'm like, "This is not going to happen to me again." Because just that defeat that you feel, where you feel like you can't do yeah. anything, you just like, "I got to take this L." Like yeah. you, like you just, it's <laughs> like, "Fuck!" Like this, this L is mine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, it doesn't only stand for Lorenzo. Like this is like an L that I am taking. Yeah. yeah. You know, but when you like when you're processing that, like during the time mm. after. It happening so many times, you want to you want to find a counter to it. It's like this is not gonna happen. Wow. So, so you got to join or like you, I, you got to. I, I mean, that, that was a possibility. I mean, and and I don't. This is something I don't really talk about as much, or I, I actually ever really. But like there was a t- like I had. It was like a twenty four hour period. I had a gun just because wow. because I was like I was tired of it happening. Wow, I, it got there. Yeah, it was it still in junior high. No, this is high school. So high school, like wow. this is ninth, ninth, tenth grade. Well, this well, is right before and, my and, my shift. Yeah. So well, then, well, this is years of of going through this. It, it was just getting. It was it was more act. I mean, not so much years, but because sixth grade, that's kind of like that's when you start getting exposed and stuff. Especially because when I went to Marina Del Rey, which was and I was I started um, Marina Del Rey. This I started the year when they started their. Um, magnet program inside of a like I guess a public school so that they were busting in all the kids from different different parts but we were still part of the public school so just seeing that dynamic where I was being exposed coming from from Culver City uh, uh, school district Mm -hmm. to now which is um, LA school unified yeah 
Although it was in Culver City, it was it was that's that's a weird thing too. Oh, that, that was, little Culver was, Pocket. No, it was called the school name is Marina Del Rey. It's a LAUSD, but it's in Culver City. It's like what the fuck. <laughs> 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 Anyways, so like all these kids were being bussed in from different areas, um, and it's kind of like just bringing all these different worlds. Yes. So I was being exposed. Like I had never been exposed. To so much, my my junior high years, specifically uh, sixth grade, I was exposed to drugs. I was exposed to sex. I was exposed to all these things happening on campus. Yeah, so it was like a it was like a really it was like a mind fuck. Yeah. I was like, what is this? So it started then. That's when I started like learning about like just different like really learning and having to be aware of like different gangs because a lot of the kids older brothers or whomever was yeah, active. Got it. So just like being aware, like you can't mess with that kid because he got his oh, big brother, shit. his big brother, yeah. such and such. Yeah. He may come up and so you just like, and that's also when I started learning how to like, uh, the politic, like just knowing how to like yeah. really, you know. What the implications are like exactly further. Exactly. Um, Cause I feel like a lot of the hotheads too, like, even the rascal little brothers are the ones that know that they got like the big bro waiting for, or like exactly. the cousin that's over there. So they like, they just spouting off. <laughs> well, fuck you, then. You want to come step to me, then? You know, you know who the fuck I am? Yeah, yeah. More some for random sure. in passing. This little like pit bull gets fucking upset, <laughs> and then next thing you know, you got the brother that you never knew existed coming at you, and you're just like, whoa, dog. Damn, it got that serious. <laughs> but I wanna I wanna touch on this point because I would have never thought this, and this is. Gorgeous to me. What made you in that 24 hours? And I want to know what the fuck was going through your head mm -hmm. and what the thoughts were going in your mind at that time, right? What made you get, like, acquire the gun mm -hmm. and, like, have it for this 24 hours and then realize, like, yo, hold up. Like, this, nah, this isn't going to happen. I mean, it's really that simple. I... It was like natural train of thought. Yeah, like, just like it, 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 then, it's like this is just like this is not me. Yeah, this is not me. Mm. Um, there's a different way. It's crazy. E how. Even even not even I didn't necessarily say that there's a different way, but just that feeling of just like knowing that you're not for something. Like yeah, you, like yeah. Is it? It wasn't you natural. Will not spray off. Like. Yeah, it's just like it just was not. <laughs> So it was like you'd be you'd be brandishing it like if you if you were forced on a crazy moment, time, but like you'd never even want to just blap off. Exactly. So also like at the time, because I had I had cornrows, um, I was wearing all the hip hop clothing. Yeah. So all those stereotypes. Yeah. Of even you if you, fit, you were just fitting molds left 100%, and right. Even if you wasn't, even if I wasn't active, um, I still was drawing. The wrong attention. Got it. So I think part of that, just looking at it from like, just taking a step back and looking at it, looking at it like, hmm, maybe it's me. Although, <sighs> I mean, that's not really the case. That wasn't, yeah. that wasn't my real Got it. thought, but like, yeah, that was part of it. But it maybe, also, maybe my decisions are putting myself or, or maybe what I'm doing is putting myself in a situation where I'm well, more susceptible. Yes. And and that's when I start re really like reevaluating my friend. <coughs> um, I kind of shift. Think, and it's funny we were talking about um, Kanye earlier, but he literally. I think that's why so many people love him or, or love him, and that's why so many people are really disheartened by what's going what's on. going on. Because I remember specifically in two thousand four when he came out, and how I was already like in my mind. 
I knew that this, like I was, my sensibilities were, or my aesthetic was shifting anyway in the yeah. stuff I was interested in. Yeah. But it just was not cool to go all the way there. And right, he right, made right. it hella cool. So when he came out with the polo, I was like, oh, Fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> let me get on. Let me let me get on. But it's, the thing is, also the power of like also just like power of just also wanting to fit in. I was still it was still like one foot in. Yeah. So I was still I was wearing a polo, but I still had the cornrow. Yeah. It was just like that juxtaposition. Yeah. It was kind of yeah. like after a while, it still was kind of off. I was wearing the ten boots, but like it was just off. Yeah. yeah. So that also with um also so at this time. I, I got into this program. My mom enrolled me in this program, not even really knowing what was going on in my life. Yeah. I wasn't like, it's hard for parents to know. Yeah, and I, and I wasn't really, I, like, I would have a shitty day or you know, I would just got banged on or, you know, had a gun put on me. Yeah. And you just kind of like, you just act like it's another day. Yeah, when but you, get you internalize home. the shit out of exactly. it. Exactly. So I um, got involved with this one entrepreneurship program Mm. Um, 15, like 15, 16, and it was called BOSS. It was an acronym for, uh, oh shit, um, building, building on spiritual substances. But it was like, it was called BOSS to move, and it was like teaching entrepreneurship, but also teaching you how to um, have like a spiritual, um, allow that spiritual presence to kind of like be the guide of your decisions or whatever. Yeah. Interesting. So that mixed with me already reevaluating things, I think that's what really helped my shift. Wow. So I was like, so when I started to look back, I'm like, okay, I'm attracting this attention. I've already tried it this way. And this, this way is rendering these results. Let yeah. me switch it up a little mm. bit more and see what that, what, what happens from there. Mm-hmm. And when I changed my style, something as simple as like changing my, I cut off my braids. I made my clothing a little more fitted. Yeah. And that, I think that was the beginning of my shift. And you started seeing it explicitly that it was exactly, just like and, I, and also up. just the way I carry myself, you know, not having to like try to demand respect, yeah, or because of the way you look, it was all external, yeah. yeah. But instead of allowing it to be internal, people just saw the that's confidence. An, that's an incredibly liberating, yeah, oh moment. My God, must yeah. be, yeah, yeah, man. It was like, and then and then I just ex- then I got comfortable with just being like the weirdo, yeah, you know, it, but straight unicorn. Unicorn, but always like the one that knew. Like I still to this day, I, I I pride myself on being able to be in a situation with like or surrounded by like gangbangers. Yeah. But then I can go to Soho House and yeah, just yeah, like yeah. And, yeah. and just be the same person on both both sides. And I think that started then because even then, like, and you'll still have a Mexican Coke at both functions. Exactly. Yeah. Like it. Hundred percent, straight up. <laughs> uh, but I think I think I think it started then because I was still hanging out with those people, but I also had like another crowd, and yeah. the, and the way I was dressing, I was just like attracting me to other people anyway. Yeah. So it was still like I was always like the the bridge between two worlds. That's a, that's a great place to be, man. Especially yeah. during that transitional time. Yeah. Now uh, jumping into um, kind of out from basketball and into fashion. I mean, I know basketball is always the core and the root, mm-hmm. but as you're going through this whole discovery now, beyond just like, well, I didn't make varsity, but like your style is changing, your identity is changing, you're kind of getting in touch more with who you are. Um, you know, you're working at a, at a, 
working at the Beverly Center. That's right. <laughs> the Mecca. <laughs> at the, the time. Me- <laughs> the Mecca of fashion. At the time, man. It, it really was, though. <laughs> it was like... <laughs> um, how did, how did it start shaping those next steps for you in kind of where you were putting your energy towards? Uh, so by that time, I had already, I wouldn't say I, I, I given up on basketball, but I was already like, um, exactly what you said, next step. I was like already planning a plan B. Which, yeah, so get into that kind so, of what, what was going on in your mind. So it started. That. It literally started with just like my my college choices. Just like okay, let me see what interests me. So I knew I was into fashion, and I knew that having a clothing line by this time, by by time I was um, a senior, I had already had several sketches, and Renwear was like solidified. Oh, as so a, Renwear went from just being a part of your art to actually now something real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was something oh. that like I was like, I was like, I'm just like building the content, you know. Um, so from there, I started to just seek, I guess, what fit, like what, what what can actually help me get to that place. And so I started, you know, with Fitum, and um, that became like, instead of like, I'm into math, like I'm into fashion, so let me see what schools, like just reading reviews and just reading, like sure. going to different um uh, what do you call it? Like tours and things like yeah, that. Exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, school tours. And yeah. Orientations. Orientations. Or yeah, yeah, that's where I look for. Yeah. Yeah, orientations. <laughs> um, so where'd you end up going? Uh, okay, so this is funny. So I, I applied to, so uh, another thing that changed me also, um, in 11th grade going to to um, my senior year, I went on a black college tour. And... Um, I went to like Morehouse, Clarkland, all these different like uh, HBCUs. So senior year, by this time I'd already, I think I was already becoming myself. I was already like, I had like a self-awareness. So like at that time, Morehouse was the school that like I felt was aligned with just being a Morehouse man. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> on that tour, I bought all this paraphernalia, man. I was like, my senior year of, of, of uh, high school, I was I had on so much Morehouse stuff. <laughs> let me tell you, in the, in the, the student <laughs> store hard. Let me tell you, I was I, I I spent so much money at the student store. And the thing is, the cool thing was because I, my school we had to wear uniform, and the Morehouse colors were the same color oh, wow. as so my uniform. So it was shit. like really like I was able to wear the fitted. I was like <laughs> I was messing it, <laughs> and my ass ended up at Northridge. <laughs> <laughs> How do you like <laughs> you know which that which which was actually like a one of like a really great experience oh, yeah. but just like that build up That's like incredible. I just no one wait, could wait, have wait. Took, that, I assume you didn't get into Morehouse no or? I got into Morehouse okay, okay. however it was way too expensive for sure and, for sure. and on, on top of like okay so I'm a I was a terrible test taker so the uh the what is it the SAT didn't help my chances for financial aid or whatever. Got it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I got accepted. And then on top of that, you also pay an additional tax for the out-of-state fee. So it was yeah. just like, oh, it wasn't yeah. even considerable. It, it, it was like, yeah. like, it was like SC prices. Yeah, it's like, it wasn't even considerable. And plus it's a private, it's a yeah. private school. Oh, yeah. So it just, it wasn't even um, considerable yeah. at that time. I was like, okay, I'm going to transfer in later. Um, 
I got accepted to quite a few of the college states, but it ended up being Northridge, Fitham. That ended up being like my my two choices that I that I my I had to select from. And I what went, made you go against Fitham at that time? I don't. I think it was just me looking at the. I spoke with some people who had went to that school. Because a lot of people that went like, because when I was at SC, I was running a lot of them girls and guys, right? right? And what I started realizing more and more was that a lot of cats go to fit them for the two years, do some like <coughs> two years like AA program there or some shit, mm-hmm. and then go to college again, right? So it's like you over here spending forty k a year trying to be like this fashionista or fashionista, right? And then you going back to college, right, right, right? Like what the fuck's the point of that? Well, I think for me because with fit them, I they. No, I mean, in coming out of high school, I was so competitive because I, I, I overcompensated because I was such a terrible test taker. Mm-hmm. I overcompensated in like in my extracurriculars, volunteer. <laughs> I had everything down pat. <laughs> I, was, I looked like a philanthropist. Like I'm a, I, had, I had so many like volunteer hours. You were uh, in the Rotary Club, I was on the, Club. I was on the, the, the chest. Chess club, I feel coin you. club. <laughs> yeah, key club. Uh, I was the editor. The um, the editor for yearbook. Of and course I was you athlete. were. I respect I had, that. I I had, were you on ASB too? ASB. I, had, I respect uh, that. Let me tell you, I had all this stuff, and then I had a hell of like amazing letters of recommendation. I feel you. So like I, pillars of the community yeah, type like, shit. Yeah. So coming out, of, <laughs> <laughs> coming out of high school, and I graduated um, top 10 in my class. So oh, I was like, go. I was like the shit coming out of high school. And I what I think what it all came, came down to um, was really just the money of like, I, with this school, I'm, I'm not going to have to pay. I'm not going to, I've always been aware of like, not not owing anything, yeah. so I was like, I don't want to come out with come come out with, with with loans. Sure. Yeah, so sure. that was why I went to. It's brutal to come out with loans, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. brutal. Like cats don't think about that. Yeah, man. Right? When I was eighteen, my mom was like, "Look, you, you're," and I come from a well-to-do family. But when I was eighteen, my mom was like, "Look, I've done all I can as a mother. I've raised you well. You're a great student. You're a great person." But now is the time as a bird, you fly from the nest. I, I'm always here for you as a mother, but I no longer support you financially. Right? So I now you respect now, that. Now <laughs> off top, though, yeah. because like it makes you who you are. She's like, if I, if I helped you financially or, or even the semblance of you knowing that I'm here to help you financially, right, I'd be killing your potential, mm-hmm. which you damn well believe it would have been. Mm-hmm. Right? So I was like, shit, well. I was I was on my law path too, like shit. I'm gonna go to then do this, do that. I remember that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But like, then it became, you know what? Fuck it. Like, let me see what what business is about. Mm-hmm. And was able to get a scholarship to SC to where I was like only paying like what, fifteen percent of what what the tuition was. That's amazing. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So I came out of school with 11k in loans, and oh I have homies. That, <laughs> three years at SC, I came out with 11k in loans. Mm-hmm. I paid my loans off in two years. That's, like that's, that's unheard of. Yeah. Wow. Unheard of. Yeah. But like. Seeing my homies and even like their dads that still have loans, I'm just like, bro, cats are putting themselves in ringers if they're not thinking about this and they have to burden the weight of the financial responsibility. And it's actually an incredible thing that you were able to see that and be like, okay, look, like I need to strategize. And albeit I, I was in high school, it was super cool, like I was all more housed out. Mm. If, if I go through with this, like I'm gonna come out and just be what two hundred fifty thousand dollars in debt. Yeah. Like, <laughs> hell no. Yeah, it's it, it's it's insane. <coughs> um, yeah, loans really really kill you. Yeah, you have me fucked up with that. Like hell Shit. no. Yeah, it's like I mean literally these were conversations I've had. Like that's cool that 
Dr. Martin Luther King went there, but yeah. it's like I, I was literally like I was canceling. I was like, this is not even like yeah. an option now. How was at least your, not this year? How was your experience at CSUN? Like, what started to develop for you? Like, or, or was it just like, did you treat it as the commuter school? So was it like, okay, I'm gonna go to CSUN. It's close. I'm gonna come back working here doing this and like gaining experience outside of college. Or did college have a transformative experience for you? <laughs> Uh, I think by this time, um, especially freshman year, um, I really knew what I wanted to do. So I think the first couple of years of CSUN was rough because it was like that, that restraint of like me fighting against my passions Got and like also and trying to holding you back. School was a hundred percent holding me back, so, but, but also trying to please mom. Mm. Yeah, ooh, gotta finish. Yeah, so many yeah. people are in that position. Wait, gotta what, finish. Yeah, you have to. What was uh in your your passion at this time? What you wanted to do was that runware? Well, I mean, it was just like design or whatever. Design. Okay, so, yeah. by, so you're still super fashion. Yeah, yeah. Now so, you're like real serious about so, it. So so now it has shift from runware to at this time I had um I reconnected with one of my friends from elementary school. Shout out to Daniel Lieberman. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, this time, this time it was uh, Benzel, Benzel Evans. Dope. So, Shout out to, I, I feel I mean, like, yeah. I, Dude, I feel like the Benzel collaborators, the third. Yeah. like collaborators in your lifetime have come from such righteous and <laughs> like. <laughs> so, so, okay. So we, if, at this time I was the manager. Uh, at Up Against the Wall. Got Freshman it. year. Okay. Um, I was, uh, so you had, what, two, three years in? What, working at, with the company? Or, wait. Up Against the Wall. Yeah, I, I worked with the company like three years. Got it. Um, so you're a manager now. I was a manager because they transferred me from the Beverly Center, and they had just opened up the Northridge store. Got it. Um, at the Northridge Mall. That's a, that's a fucking so, ginormous mall, So too, I, was, uh, I was one of the managers, and um, Vinny came in. Oh, Benny. So I got him a job and I got another homie a job. Um, and we we realized that we shared a lot of the same interests and was like, let's give this a shot. Um, and we developed this line at the time. We was really ahead of our time. And it was called Marty McFly with, oh, the, with the eye. We have, I still have That's these, lit, though. I have these designs. Uh, just that development process was amazing. However... That's when I realized that partnership was not for me. I Why? Well, at the time, at the time we we just had we was on two different paths, mm-hmm. and I think was that it, was it was it like business wise? Was it creative wise? No, the creative creativity was always there. I just think business wise and just realizing that expectation expectation. Um, and I was this is all stuff I understand now. At the time. You know, I wanted to fight. Like, dude, like, I'm spending this. Like, it was just like, it was like, it, was you're it, not putting in what I'm putting in. Oh, the in. sweat equity issue. Yeah, it was just like, that's what it was. I mean, I get it now. Yeah. But then it was like, you know. We're, I had that same shit in, 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 in college at SC with the entrepreneurship program. Because <laughs> for me, I was starting a clothing line through SC. But, like, that was just because I met three really dope designers from Fitum, mm-hmm. put them together, had this, like, aspiration of starting a clothing line. I literally would draw them stick figures, dog. Like, it was, like, literally, <laughs> it was, you look at it, and you're like, wait, they fucked with you? But I'd be drawing these stick figures. They'd be coming back with these ill-ass designs. But then you'd have two of the designers wouldn't do shit. One of them was, like, rallying the group. Then I had two boys working with me that, that like, you know, they wanted to be down. But you just start to realize, like, you're like, bro, if I'm doing all the work, like, what the fuck are y'all really doing? Yeah, that's what it, I mean, that's literally, that was it right there. Um... 
that that was it right there. I think that just realizing. But it's good to happen early. Yeah, I mean, and we were young, and not not even like it kind of soured our relationship a little bit. Absolutely. I mean, it was it was a couple things that happened, but like I think that was like one of the things that really um, put a bad taste mm-hmm. in, in in my mouth, you know. Yeah. Towards him or whatever, but it, it started with that, and that was like ten years ago. Yeah. And yeah. What were your where was your direction though? Like you know, because uh, if, if a partnership doesn't work, I mean, you're you're obviously working hard, you're creating and, and wanting to make this happen. What, what was the bigger picture for you? You know, I think subconscious. I think the bigger picture is always. I think I've always understood the power of ownership, mm-hmm. and I think I've always wanted to own my whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So just having ownership. So I think for me, um, I had it mapped out. Like it was just like, I'm going to have a story here. I'm going to have, it's always like have like my own empire. Yeah. I think that that's always been my idea. And Still to this day. And in some capacity, it's just like the power of ownership. And I'm, and I've gotten really close in certain, certain instances and just, I'm still working towards that. Like, I think it's always been ownership for me. Now, was it hard? So when you 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 split that par- partnership up, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and you, you started doing stuff on your own. Yes. Um, now, do you feel more? Did you guys still work together? No, okay. no. I mean, we we be, we we just try to become friends. Yeah, but I think it was just, it's just done at that point. Yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, coming coming from someone who does, you know, you you have told many times you you are super collaborative with mm-hmm. people. You know, some of your best work has come doing it with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, was it difficult, or are you? Do you feel less creative solo, or do you feel, um, yeah? Kind of talk about the dynamic of of wanting to do this on your own now, because it, I, I go back to Mr. Lieberman, mm-hmm. and you Shut know, up. combining two genius minds together to make something truly great. Did you have thoughts of seeking another partner or, or collaborating with people or kind of like, hey, now I'm, I'm taking everything that I've gone through and I'm going to seek my own path here? I just thought about this right now. I think the way I view partnerships or collaboration is the same way that some women may view um, relationships mm. or romance. Mm-hmm. Like saying I'm a hopeless romance. Romant- romantic mm. or whatever. Like the courtship process then, huh? I think I view... I'm still optimistic towards it, but the only reason I do things solo, that's necessity, is because... You want to get it done. It's, I want to get it done, but also I've been let down mm. otherwise. So I always think I always think collaboration, but then I think my expectations are always too high because I'm expecting people to work as hard as I am. Mm. And what I've learned, especially if it's my dream, no one is going to work as Absolutely. hard for me for my dream no matter how down. how great of the situation it is, at some point they're gonna want to, you know, it's gonna they're gonna realize that it's not their dream. So the reason why I work so hard, specifically for myself, is has been out of necessity. It's not because it's it's. I mean, ownership. Yes, I, I definitely want ownership, but I also aspire to share something with someone as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just so happened that my experience specifically hasn't been like that yeah. not yet yeah yeah, yeah no I, I love that i love the hopeless romantic kind of uh view yeah of that. yeah i mean i still like I, even even after that um like <coughs> senior year of co- senior year of college by the way i didn't finish i didn't finish college but oh, wow. no, i didn't finish um 
and to go back to that, the reason why I think because I was saying I did college five years. Um, I don't even know my standing where where I am. I don't know if I'm a yeah, junior. Classes to do. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. He's, but like he's but, got like an elective. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, 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 like just do it's like almost, it's almost embarrassing. I, I, I got one credit left. It's embarrassing. So you, but no, but you're gonna be like that, that the 37 year old like down the line that's like you know what fuck it let me just go. Yeah, just for fun. It's gonna it's gonna degree. it's gonna be for fun. Yeah. I, I actually I've had that dream like. Later down the line, I'm yeah. just gonna do it for just online courses. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we yeah. at that age now. Yeah, like it's literally like I, I've literally had that dream, but I think for me the reason why I um walked away is because like how, how I said earlier, like I think school was getting in the way. Yeah. And I had an opportunity. I was like, let me try this. I can always go back to school. Let me just take one semester off and pursue this and see what happens. And I haven't turned back since. Do so, you do you think that that has held you back in any way? What not finishing? Not school? finishing. No. Okay. But not at all. Hell no. Got not. it. Got it. But the but the one thing I do, I wouldn't say it's not. It's definitely not a regret. The only reason I say that is just from the the, the perspective of okay, like some creators want to do creative things and then end up being like fuck, like let me just go like explore the like the job world, right? The mm-hmm. job market, and the degree will play a role. But you you are somebody that's been constantly pursuing creative endeavors and in some the, capacity at, at the end of the day like your whether your creativity shines through or your creative ability shines through and and gets you whatever role that is even if it's like okay i'm working on my project but i still need to check at this moment so i'm gonna do this gig that gig the other mm-hmm. but for some people the only reason i ask is for some people it could be a deterrent where they're like fuck i gotta go okay i gotta go back so I can put my resume together and then go on fucking uh, monster.com and start putting my resume. Yeah, I up. mean, I, I definitely have had those thoughts and stuff. I mean, I definitely have had those thoughts and stuff. Um, but to be honest with you, man, um, no, I, I actually, the only thing I would have done different in school is use my resources better. How so? I, was, I wasn't aware of how much I had at my, at my disposal. Mm. Um until after the fact. And it's something that starts just as small as like having 20 free prints a day. Like just like little shit like yes, that. Like you yeah, don't realize so. now I'm paying for the prints. Like, you know, yeah. just like, <laughs> like little, or just like being, being able to like rally up, you know, my, my, my peers to like do a actual project together. Sure. Just utilizing everything, just yes. that community. Yes. Cause it was definitely a community. Yeah. And people that followed me and all that stuff. I just, I wasn't, I don't think that part of leadership was, was, was there yet. Yeah. So that's the only thing I would do different. Um, but two of my best relationships or two of my two, of, the best thing I got out of college, um, honestly was, uh, meeting my boy fam, who was kind of like who's like my business partner as well. We we working on a couple of ventures. Yeah, and then uh, it's unfortunate to say now, but my ex Tracy, um, she changed my life one hundred percent. Wow. So what was th- it about her that changed your life? Well, one we spent like shy of six years together, <sighs> so it was a lot of maturity. Absolutely. Um, I I developed a lot just through through her and um also just seeing just having like a weird relationship with people and just like relationships um just seeing someone who was like kind of like there for me at the time it felt unconditionally like it was just a different experience from like all the letdown I felt I experienced Mm -hmm. so just having like a different 
perspective. Yeah. Um, Someone who's stable, someone who's supporting you, someone who's, you know, by your side, like everything that you hadn't had for, you know. And also being able to share, like I share highs and lows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it's such a pure thing, like the affection shown between a man and a woman, right? Yeah. I like I, I think it's beautiful that you, you expressed like your creativity in that manner. Right. Because it is such a romantic thing to not only be at one and love your whatever endeavor you're into, whether it's creative or even if you're a fucking accountant and like you just love numbers and you just wait you wake up happy to go to work, mm-hmm. right? Even in relationships like you know, men and women both I I feel like have this like picture in their head of like, damn, like when I meet that girl or when I meet that guy, like, and I wake up in the morning and I just look at them sleeping and I just smile knowing, like, you're here with me and write you a little note how right. beautiful your smile is when you sleep and leave. Like, we have this such romanticized view of these relationships and, and the possibilities of these things. It's like it, it, when you have them, it becomes a very beautiful thing. Right, even if it's like, I mean, it's unfortunate. I'm not going to say it's unfortunate, but we're no longer together. Got it. But I know she's like a marker. Like, I know what Absolutely. love and all those things. And because she, of. Because of her, exactly. And she challenged me in ways that I hadn't been in challenge. Got so, it. yeah, I mean, I will always kind of, like, bigger up despite of yeah. whatever happened. Like, of course, yeah. of course. What was that... Um, what was that step out of college like when you said, <coughs> you know what, I'm going to take this this semester off. Um, take this show on the road. Yeah, were you, were 100%. You, taking my talents to South Beach, baby. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Now, the decision. You know, um, you know, you, you know, because I'm going back to, you know, you, you, you did all these extracurricular things in, in high school to get yourself into college. Um were you, mm. were you were you scared? You know, you're an, you're a smart academic dude. Um, when you took that step out of college, you know, I mean, going to college is a conventional thing. Mm. Um, and also, I feel in a lot of ways, it, it is almost now a prerequisite to even getting a job, mm-hmm. you know. And with it being so tough to establish a career, um, I mean, even as an entrepreneur, like most people fail starting their first businesses, second businesses, third businesses. I mean, that's just, that's probably like... True. Yeah, I mean, in the 90 percentile. Hell yes. I mean, the odds are against you, you know? Yes. They just are. And having a degree saying you went to college, um, I can see why your mom thought it was very important. And Mm -hmm. it is very important, Mm -hmm. nonetheless, right? That that can't be argued. Mm -hmm. So what was it like stepping out and saying, I'm going to go take this semester off. I'm going to go see what happens. Were you scared? Did you feel like... No, you know, it's funny. Or I, were you just excited? I don't know. If it definitely wasn't, it wasn't so much excited. Um, but I think it was... I think I've always just been a rational thinker. So, like, just like with me earlier making that shift and, like, how I uh, perceive myself or how I was like putting myself in certain situations, just looking at it from standing back. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I've tried it this way and I'm not rendering results fast enough. Because like I said, I've been aware what I want to do at least since 
junior high. Mm-hmm. I mean, since not junior high, but since senior year of high school. Yeah. So going fast forward up until like the fifth year or fourth year when I decided to finally take a break. Um, I was optimistic. I was like, I really don't have anything to lose and everything to gain. That was really like, let me just try this. Try it one way. I know that I can always go back to school. I left on good standing. Sure. They'll openly, you know, re- accept me back because yeah. I, I left on like the dean's list or whatever. Awesome. You know, so yeah. it was really just like, let me just try it and see what happens. And I didn't get results right away, but it was something about just feeling like I'm, I'm actually going after what, what I want to do. Like that was kind of like the enticing thing that kept me like, cause I felt so much. I'm still well, feeling. You and, know? and that's the thing too, is that, you know, I feel we fantasize about that, right? Mm-hmm. Like as you're, you're, you're getting into your last week of school and you know you're going to take this semester off. You have this fantasy you built in your head like, yo, I'm about to kill it. I'm going to live. I'm going to be free. I'm going to build my business. I'm going to build like there's this kind of like glorified mentality. I feel, I, I'm not. I mean, I'm assuming. No, like, right, right. Look, I left school for a year, mm-hmm. you know, and I went to three different colleges. Um, so I know, I know what it's like to, to kind of step out into the world like that and then eventually go back. Mm-hmm. But you go out and you're not getting the results fast enough. Probably Mm -hmm. you're seeing immediately immediate hurdles like, Oh shit, I got to pay for these prints now or Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like things like that. How do you balance the realities with what you have in your mind of what you want it to be and kind of accepting those realities and still move forward? Um, so that's a great question. So this word. is when the shift, like, okay, so it went from also coming up, like, I picked up things really quickly, and that was almost like it was a pro and a con because, like, I can put them down even quicker. You know, mm-hmm. The moment when I, when that honeymoon period phased out or I wasn't. You can snip it. Even when I wasn't experiencing, like, that, that beginner's luck or whatever the case may be. Yeah. I was like, okay, on to the next thing. Like, I've, I've tried so many things. Do you think that's a gift and a curse? A hundred percent. However, I, so, like, I, I tried um, being a musician. I mean, I've tried. I played so many. I've attempted to play so many instruments. I've done so many things. And the, the thing about, I guess, fashion, or I, I can say um, exploring entrepreneurship and, and, um, and fashion, I think what, what really showed me that it was something that, that I was, um, it was kind of like a passion of mine is because even after failure, I didn't give up. I just was ready to try something new. It's it's so beautiful to hear you so willing to keep trying. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like in this day and age, especially in entertainment or the creative realms, people get so caught up in overanalyzing every move before they make one mm-hmm. and making things so big and so life and death mm-hmm. before they even try it to even like attempt this shit. Mm-hmm. But you've literally been willing to go, 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 fail, completely fucking crash and burn and come right back to it. Yeah. That's, that's a testament. That, that's an incredible skill set. Right. And I think also realizing that, like, every time, like, I had never, like, 
really reflected on what happened and like really went back and kind of like examined, okay, like how can I do this different? Uh-huh. So every time when I try something new, I was bringing in new, the experience from the last thing and like really tweaking it. Mm. So I realized every time I came closer, every time I came closer to whatever goal it was, whether mm. it was producing a shirt or whatever, every time I tried something new, I came closer because I was bringing in experience from or bringing in like my my hypotenuse or whatever, all my yeah. calculations from from how gratifying was it, that to see even like the steady build. At the time, I mean, at the time, no, no, but now? looking looking back, yeah, yes, I mean that's part. I mean, hindsight I, is twenty twenty, exactly. So yeah. the, I mean that's, I mean as a quick shift over, like that's what simple things is about for me. Take us through some of the things that that came about before simple things. Uh, because you were doing bags, you were doing like the essential man. Was, yeah, I mean to well, be okay. Yeah, and. I'm sorry, because I think my my question is. Gonna are you tie sorry? Is gonna tie. How sorry yours. are you? Let's <laughs> <laughs> go. Come on. My thing is gonna is tie into you, like, because I want to know when it started to transition, mm-hmm. where you knew you weren't gonna go back to to college. Oh, um, I hope that kind of goes with your question. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. man. Sure, gun for it. I don't know. I don't know if I ever. Well, the semester. Well, actually, well, it, it was well after a semester. <laughs> like I already. So that, you do a semester, and you're like, I'm keeping this going. Yeah. Well, well, for first of all, my first part of like, so my, I knew that I wanted to have. I knew that fashion, the in, the fashion industry, I wanted to have some type of career in. So I explored several options. At first, like my earlier options was when I um was working at Up Against the Wall. And just like helping people find clothes, and I thought I wanted to be a stylist, so I explored being a stylist. I learned very quickly that that wasn't for me. Got it. Um, just the politics and just like it's beautiful to hear you failing quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's what every like motivational speaker says. Yeah. Every like person that an entrepreneur that has gone through it. Like I feel like was it Frank Ma or Fred Ma? The, the, this one dude that was started Alibaba. He was like just fail fast. Mm-hmm. Because what, what you what you begin to realize is what you don't want to do. 100%. That's a truly gratifying experience. Instead of holding this like image in your head of, of how wonderful these things can be. Mm. And then just like we were talking about earlier, right? With our idols. Mm-hmm. We hold we hold our idols in such high esteem mm-hmm. and then on the offshoot chance that we get to meet them or interact with them and, and they're not what we saw, like mm-hmm. how devastating that oh, is God. to oh, the psyche. Oh it's terrible. Like imagine somebody meeting Michael Jordan like a kid with a with a basketball, and I've heard stories like crazy of Hell this, yes. right? A little kid with a basketball or, or a fucking card going up to Michael, a kid, dog, like little little low when when he met fucking Carl Kanai, and this dude was like, "Go fight for your dreams," but he meets Michael Jordan, his ball is life, hoop dreams, superstar, greatest of all time, fucking nobody can touch him, and then he goes. No. Do you know how much that's worth to a fucking like eight year old? Yeah, I've heard several. Like, and, bitch, and, what? And Michael Jordan, like, if, like, bitch, what? Michael and I'll say that, bitch, what? <laughs> One more time, <laughs> bitch, what? <laughs> yeah, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was like my idol. I don't. I've never had anyone's uh, poster, frames, uh, toys, uh, dolls like I had Michael Jordan stuff. Yeah. 
And um, he's crushed a lot of kids. Yeah, he's crushed dreams, a lot of dog. kids. I bet. Yeah, I, I would. Uh, uh, well, like, the, the unfortunate ones that got to meet him, like <laughs> little, da- little 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 Fred Lieberman, like <laughs> an offshoot not related to Daniel, but dad golfs with Michael. <laughs> Michael, can you sign this? Are all the kids no. like? Because every year, because he had the sports camp. Every year, I was almost crushed every year because I, I submitted to and I never got in. <laughs> well, I like to say my hero is Magic Johnson. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> and I met him uh, last year. Yeah. Walked, nice guy, right? Walked into pavilions mm. right here. You know, he's always at this sports club at like 6.30 a.m. Oh, really? When I was doing my weight challenge bet, I'd literally be on the treadmill with fucking trash bags on he, to get to the weight. And he'd just be in there chilling with fucking uh, Byron Scott. That's like, amazing. Doing workouts. I, I walk into pavilions and he's right directly in front of me at the cash register. <laughs> and... I'm just like you had you had that Ralph well, smile just, too. Just like immediately when the like the doors open and there's Magic Johnson, you're just not expecting him like at a cash register at Pavilions, right? Right. So immediately I just like <laughs> beeline right to him, and he I sees like, it coming. Joe can't contain it. He's I like, "Yep, I'm coming and, for you." And I, I just tap him. I, he turns around. Oh, you tapped him. <laughs> I tapped him. You had the audacity to hit him with the tap. No, I tapped him. Hey, Magic. Bro, I tapped him, and, and I go. He turns around. I'm like, Magic, you're my hero. <laughs> I give him a hug. <laughs> he tapped him and went in for the hug. You became a kid, man. Right. I, I say, you're my hero. I give him a hug. I say, can I have a picture with you? He said, absolutely. I gave this little Persian kid in line <laughs> my phone. Hey, Omid, can you take this, please? <laughs> yeah, Farzad, hold this real quick. So little Farzad gets my phone. Got my arm around Magic. He still has the cash in his hand and the groceries in the other hand. <laughs> I respect it. Puts his arm around me. We take a picture. Thank you. Shook his hand. Got my groceries. Yeah, Michael would have snarled at you, dog. He would have nah. said, don't touch that, me first and, of all. And you I, get- I was just like, you are a man of the community. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you're my hero. That is why you're my hero. <laughs> LA, baby, what? <laughs> wow, that's tight. <laughs> yeah, made, made my day. Straight up. Oh. But... That's wild. Like it, it, it's crazy how like the human side of our idols mm-hmm. can either make or break Whew. their image. Oh my goodness! Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's wild. Like, look, granted, I'll, I'll give Michael a pass here. Like, God knows what you go through in life and all that type of shit. Right, right, right. Right, but come the fuck on. Right, right. If a fucking five year old asks you for a fucking autograph, do you even think? In the wildest shit, like, oh, you're gonna be that guy that's like, oh, your dad told you to come do, like, that's how he's acting to these kids. Oh, your older brother told you to come do this so you could sell it on eBay. Like, no, bitch, <laughs> no. Yeah, it's I hilarious. actually just bought your shoe. Yeah, I just, I just want an autograph. I actually <laughs> just like my dad loves you so much, and I've been watching tapes of you. You're my idol, and like, you gonna treat me this way? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a sad thing when they turn out like that. Um, but going back to to the, the moment while you're building momentum, you know, you're failing fast, which again, like to your point, see, I'm horrible at, at, at understanding that. Like I definitely stick in things way too Me too. Long. Me it, too. I think, I think most it's people. It's literally just like, bro, it's wild when, when the world, like, cause like I, it's, it's crazy reflecting on me. Right. Cause like I wasn't a kid that was always told no and was always told he wasn't going to be shit and never felt it. Like it was actually quite the opposite. It was always, you're gonna be fine. There's so many special gifts you have, all this shit. But like, literally, 
it took external events crushing my world for me to start taking my gifts seriously mm-hmm. because it was crunch time at that point. Mm-hmm. Like it was like you either make a fucking pivot after you got broke. Like I couldn't make a pivot before the world came crashing down. The world came crashing down and I was fortunate enough to be able to make a pivot and land, mm-hmm. right? And then build again. But it's, it's, it's so, it's, it's wild that like it's so important how these things shape you because I was so afraid to fail. Mm-hmm. Like that's why when I look at your journey and mine, like I was so afraid to fail mm-hmm. that I never put myself in a position to truly fucking fail, mm-hmm. right? And when you think about that in the grander scheme of life, that's a recipe for utter, complete disaster, mm-hmm. right? Because you're holding on to something that may never be really what you wanted. And imagine dedicating your whole life to not failing at something like that and then finding out that shit I just wasted my whole fucking life and look at me now like I don't even want to do this mm-hmm. like what the fuck was I so thinking wild. like like cats hit that what the fuck was I thinking point and then they reach that 35 where they're like what do I do like shout out to F Scott Fitzgerald for saying and, and correct me if I'm wrong but saying that you're never too old to be who you want to be but that's a concept that's very hard to believe for somebody that's never attempted to be somebody else, mm-hmm. right? For you, you've lived an incredible journey thus far to where you've been able to take in different avenues and be able, like, the beauty is, and, and this is how I see it up, up until right now, right? Both you and I know that you haven't gotten to the level that you want to, but the beauty in your journey, bro, and it, which is why I smile every time I think about it and I see you, and I also see you doing this pop-up and, and, and putting this scene out and all of these things, is that you are, compl- you, you are the essence of what it is to be becoming mm-hmm. as a artist, as a creator, and as a human being, right? And Like, nobody is really going to know the magnitude of when you get there, right? When you have those lines and when you are infiltrating this community and you're collaborating with this designer and that designer and you have this store and that store and you're putting together different, like, zines and and getting curators and all these things together for, like, overall, let's affect the community in the right way. Nobody's going to look back and say, but do y'all remember the Lorenzo that was living here and that was doing this and that wasn't making it then? Mm -hmm. No. Mm -hmm. Nobody remembers that shit. Mm -hmm. But that shit is what makes those people so great. Right, right. You feel me? Nobody's going to look back and be like, but dog, when he was 26, like, how much money did he have in his bank account? When you're 35 and finally getting everything on a vision board that you have, Finally, having checked off every single goal you did for the year and some, mm-hmm. and you're just looking like you just you have the, the stature now. You rolling through. You wearing. You taking your dad shopping. Like <laughs> there you go. Nah, old man, don't get that. You know that ain't fly. Right, right, right. <laughs> right? That was tight. You feel me? Like, those moments, nobody looks back. And be like, but, but dog, you grinded so hard then. And, Nothing then. Right, right, right. right. But that wow. fear in and That's of tight. itself. <laughs> Dude, she's all fire. <laughs> that was good. That was good. But like, I feel like that shit that scares so many of us. And bro, the reason why I can say that with such conviction is because I've looked in the mirror and cried to myself and been like, "Who the fuck are you becoming?" Right? Oh man. Talking like this though, mm. with with cats in in the world like the David Dans and the Zaz and all them, knowing that I'm speaking to their core. 
but ultimately talking to my goddamn self and not being able to believe it. Oh, man. Right? So I'm changing your life in front of you, and I'm really talking to me. It's not like it's, it's not genuine. Stay there. Wait, stay there. You, you know those, um, those notes to selfs I put out like on social media? Yes. Like, those are like, and people, I put them out because I know someone can connect, but that's me. These are conversations I have in the mirror. Yeah. Like, and, and I, sometimes I can be extremely cynical. So like to kind of conflict or go against some of the, some of my negative thoughts. Yeah. I try to say like a positive affirmation and, and I just share it. But th- <laughs> this is like real shit that I say to myself. Yeah. There's like legit note to selfs. And it's for the, exactly what you just it's said. It's wild, bro. Because like, it's like, look, Anybody out there listening, it's okay, okay? It's okay to not know what the fuck is going on, mm-hmm. right? It's okay to be completely lost, mm-hmm. right? What's not okay is holding it in. Mm. What's not okay is not being vulnerable enough in your circle to look at your closest homies or look at some people that you look at as mentors and say, bro, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. It feels like the world's crashing down. Because unless you explicitly say that, there's only going to be very few people that can know that and pick inside your brain. Exactly. Like I was so fucking scared of telling people, so many people that held me in such high esteem mm-hmm. that like I fucking literally did not know who I was becoming and mm-hmm. I was afraid that I was fucking losing my mind, mm-hmm. right? When everybody's like, oh, but Noosh is always with a smile on his face. Mm-hmm. Dog, you always have such great energy. And mm-hmm. How are you always so positive? Like, dog... Literally, somebody's telling me that. I'm still big Nushi smiling, and I'm fucking bawling inside, and I'm bawling in an empty frame. Okay, like, imagine man. bawling, and the shit's just, like, floating off into the Richters. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm invisible. Mm-hmm. And I'm being told how fucking positive I am and how much, when you look at me and you're going through life in a hardship, but you look at my smile and it mm-hmm. brightens you up. Like, fuck, though, who the fuck is talking to me then, right, bro, right, right. bro? Oh, man. Who the fuck's here for me right That's now? That's my story, bro. Like, but I'm... at the same time, what I realized, which is truly a gem, I was saying who the fuck's there for me, scared as shit to tell people who I was. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's so beautiful to me to see that, like, it's just, look, you take it in stride. You do this. You test it out. You're not afraid to put yourself out there. I think that's what makes the momentum that you consistently build and add upon mm-hmm. so brilliant in my eyes, right? Thank because you. you've gotten here. Mm-hmm. Now, to that point, back to where we were talking about, take us through the kind of steps in after the graduation and, like, up until this point, what different endeavors you've been through and, like, how they've kind of shaped to where everything became so fucking simple. Right, I'm right. so tight right now. Bro, you Stop are, a motherfucker, dog. I dare she's you. She's going fucking nuclear. Right Stop dog. a motherfucker, dog. Shout out to Michael Jordan. You want my autograph, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> so many quotables. So many quotables. I, I just did a lot. <laughs> that was a good one. Uh, well, so, I mean, I try, just, I can kind of go quickly with this part. Like, I did the the um the styling okay found out really quickly that that wasn't for me um i knew that once i started um exploring with like in the styling me trying to like having like custom pieces yeah and just seeing how people gravitated to some of the custom stuff i did it was more so like a something like a light bulb when i was like huh people it's not so much the um 
the, what the piece is is people actually are buying into my ideas. Mm. So let me figure out a way to package it and just present more of my mm. ideas. Um, That's an interesting perspective. Oh, sorry, keep going. Keep yeah, going. yeah. So, um, so that was that was after the Marty McFly. Got it. Um, so now this is like 2009. Now I'm really like, um, my ideas are flowing. And I feel um, like this is around the time where we first met. Too. Exactly. So, so 2009. So this is when I um, I don't even remember the origins of it, but I know that. I had a brand. This was like my first official brand that I actually, I would say, successfully successfully launched that didn't go anywhere. Got it. Mm. But I went through the, I, that was my first part of like going through the whole process, getting a DBA and just like really learning that side Immerse of it. Immerse yourself in it. Um, yeah, I went 100% in and I and I learned so much and I lost so much money oh, from that. That shaped everything, actually. And um that's actually a re- exactly when we like around when we met. It's 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 all it's almost like all that money you lost. Like the way I like to think about those scenarios, because I've been in that, mm. is all the money you lost. It's like paying for the education. Hundred percent. Oh that's yeah. The experience. Yeah. You know. Um, and that's how you have to look at it. Like Ima- imagine if we're able to look at it like that, though. Because like when we hit that point, we're just like, oh, God, like that was what, what like fuck? all that was money you paid basically for a year or two of business school. Exactly. You know. So I actually like that perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I went, so the name of the, that brand was, uh, called heard them say, and going back to like me wanting to be like the serial collaborator. Um, it was an art collective and it was, the whole concept was, um, centered around me creating a platform just to collaborate and just like expose different artists. Um, again, inspired by Kanye the, uh, heard him say some song with Adam Levine. Wow! It was actually I, the way I did it. I had one word. I just made it one word. Heard mm-hmm. him say, and this was actually around the time when I met B Wade too. He was like a tenth grader in high school, Wild. and he young, was actually one of the first people that was working with me. Like oh, I mean, he did wow. like little designs. Like that was my guy. So that I mean, this was all around that time, and um, so that was called Heard Him Say. So after a year or so of doing that, and like really doing like this campaign, building the bus, um, getting, having everybody excited. I, I put out an amazing campaign. Yeah. Um, and I kind of like over promised and under delivered. So wow. I created this huge bus, but I didn't have the product or anything to follow. Yeah. So, and at the time I was also spending a lot of money trying to, cause at the time, like also a lot of it was just like ignorance <coughs> and just me just learning. Like, when you don't know anything, like when you go, if you don't know anything about cars, your mechanic can tell you anything. And this cost anything. you believe this, anything. Yeah, so you, you just praying that they, they doing you right. <laughs> right, right. So that was my thing. Like I didn't know anything about like the dude was stabbing you while smiling. <laughs> like, yeah, no, don't worry. I'm gonna take care of you. Hey, just you, 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 you taking you your kidney new, away. You need new brakes. <laughs> oh wait, wait. Yeah, you need more new brakes. <laughs> oh, like, you need another pair. Of new, I got eight. Hey, I got eight fucking new brakes. Yeah, dude. I, I only got four my, wheels. I got. Four wheels and eight brakes. My brakes last week. Yeah, these are the ones that just implode, and like yeah, that's yeah. why it's so cheap. Yeah. <laughs> so that was that was like my that was my intro in terms of just like paying for um uh, for like partnering with photographers to do photo shoots that never happen. Uh, you know, paying for designers to help me make the tech pack. All these things I was paying for, 
Before you got the deliverables? Well, no, no. Well, with the with the photographer thing was, um, and also with samples. Ooh, samples are samples. Crazy. Another thing, like you pay for something, they'll mess it up, but you got to pay for them to correct it because they're not. They're not. Yeah, they're, they're not. They're not owning up to the fact where like you did say actually do it this way. <laughs> yeah, your specs I fucked up. Your specs were actually exactly yeah, on right. the key. Yeah, so I learned so much through that process. And at the time, like I said, I didn't have the product to 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 meet the demand or e- to e- even meet anything really. Yeah. Um. So, something said was okay. You spending all this money trying to bring awareness to the company, you know, paying for all this service and doing all this extra stuff I shouldn't have had to do. Um, figure out another way you can bring awareness to the company that's free. And that's when I launched the blog. I knew that people. Valued my opinion as in terms of style, so I launched a blog called The Essential Man. Wow! You know, it's it's interesting because Mizzle kind of talks about the idea of getting people um, to buy into like you, you're like more the concept, right? Right. right. You're not trying to like slang shirts or slang product Mm -hmm. as much as you're trying to get people on board with the bigger picture and buy into yeah. you and what you stand for. It's also very transformative. Like you think, like I look back to the Simon Sinek talk, right? Mm-hmm. And this is a talk, like the golden circle mm-hmm. and the why. Why? why to what. Yep. And it's wild because like how much different I like see its application now as opposed to like when I was going through the thick of my fucking just straight uh, scaredy cat fuckery, mm-hmm. right? It's... But th- but this is the thing, bro. It's like yes, people are buying. People are not buying what you do. They're buying why you do it, which yeah. means that you're you're galvanizing people around you and and you as a being or you uh, or your entity as like what it what its message is could be doing is what people rally around because everybody wants to be a part of something, right? Mm-hmm. Or everybody wants to be led by a, a thought leader or, or of some sort, but. The wild shit is that, like, when you really get down to the nitty gritty, is the act or the implementation of these things is so much different and so much harder than the thought of it, bro. Like, it's the the implementation of these things is so far below as glamorous as the shit sounds. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I feel like people get caught up in the glamour of fucking, you know, how the shit sounds or how the, the idea is as opposed to just getting in the trenches and dealing with it and learning as they go because sometimes we're just so focused on this moment that we just want everything to win. Yeah. So out of that failure came the essential man. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't even... It actually wasn't a failure. No, out, out, out of the necessity to start putting things or like getting a message out but for not a cost right right came so the blog exactly so i noticed that this was like the 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 rise of like men's fashion and mm. like where men were starting to take us make that shift and really get into fashion this is lot, everything bro this is when a lot of like the 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 companies that are like real publications now this is when they so were this is where like the street etiquette guys were like just the yeah street, street etiquette, etiquette. what was the name of that one um that one uh, site that where you will post uh, your your outfits and get likes and and ratings and stuff. They it's some some like was it the Sartorialist? No, no, it wasn't Sartorialist. It was an actual site. Oh, like an outfit? Uh, really? I forgot the name of it. But this is before they actually started Got their it. blog. Um, 
But this is when Inventory, that's a magazine now, and they were only a blog. And wow. they, this is when they started doing like all like the little style guides where you you are like the little grids, outfit grids. Yeah. So that was like the, the the rise of that stuff. So I was like, okay, that's what I'm gonna do. Like I'm gonna sprinkle in my stuff, but like share it in my lifestyle and like, instead of being like so overtly like this has heard them say. Yeah, you just sprinkle it into my lifestyle, and that's what the blog was. It was just a lifestyle blog of me sharing my, my life and style. Yeah. And um, after a year of doing it, building this following, going from one follower to 10, 10 to 100, 100 to thousands, I'm like, oh shit, I got a, cap- a captive audience. Let me figure out a way to really present something that I've always wanted to present, my own product or whatever, really like get it out to the people. Um, and at the time, it, what made sense was, because at the time I wore a five panel cap every day, I wore, I carried a tote bag every day and I always had a pocket notebook. So I was like, let me present my own version of that. And that's exactly what I did. So my first products were those three things. Awesome. Um, All made in America, all made. And and I took in some of my experience, some of the relationships that I had built from Heard Em Say. Mm -hmm. And I just presented these products. Heard Em Say was still there. I still was making little stuff, but there was definitely a shift because now I noticed that a lot of my attention and people was inquiring about uh, the essential man. And at the time, it was really, it, at that time, I was just a blog that so happened to have products. Yeah. So I was like, hmm, this is not right. I don't like the way that that feels. I want to be taken seriously. So let me go through the whole process again. Shout out to this the This is sirens. how important it is. The yeah. cops are coming on the way to the <laughs> house right now. <laughs> Anytime, yeah. Uh, let me... Um, let me really make this official. And I went through the process of, again of like doing like the actually the legal part of like making. That's something man. that so many people that, that embark on a business journey do last. Yeah. Right. So. So, so okay. why, why. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that. Because I love I love that exact point is it's the part that's going to legitimize what you're doing. Well, I think that's what that's what it needed to be for me as well as like. For me to be taken seriously as a brand, mm. I have to actually be a brand. Yeah. So just that simple. And like I was saying earlier, um, in terms of me, every time when I start something new, it becomes easier. So like it was a, a shit show Kate. trying to get my the legal stuff and everything done because it was like a learning curve. I didn't know shit. I was doing business counseling, all that stuff. Was trying to find free resources where I can learn this stuff. Yeah. Um, and I did the work with heard him say but when it came down to doing it with the essential i already knew how to do it it was yeah. like let's go i'm, was I'm ready for butter. business yeah you know then i can start hitting up this these companies to get uh wholesale prices and all that stuff so I, it was an easy transition yeah um so now i'm a company and the th- one thing i said i have no regrets when it comes to essential man the only thing i would have did differently um in that in that transition is not stop blogging I didn't understand. Wow, I didn't yeah. understand the value of content, of 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 content, but also because I wasn't marketing, I wasn't doing marketing stuff. People were coming to my site for my to blog. hear your opinion, and it's, yeah, and it's also like people, you know, that's where your organic right. um, fan base was, you know. So they're going everywhere to to look at your content, and they're getting the habit of always checking on you. It was like a rebellious thing. It was also like ego. Like I, mm. I want to be taken seriously as a designer, not the blogger mm. who has wow. a few products. So it was more of like it was a hundred percent ego. Wow, and just not understanding like and looking at it from a 
a, a, a more business side. Like they're coming here for this. That's so interesting. You're going to give them this anyway. Yeah. But you might as well while they're here. Yeah. So after a while, and you know how, you know, especially at this time where there's so much content. It, I mean, this was actually the start of like where it was just like so much stuff to like filter. Just, yeah. After you check, you know, a couple of days and it's not new content after a you're while, gone. You, you're gone. So after me not having it became harder to wow regain to, the audience exactly so i but i continued to put out products and they would sell they wasn't selling as quickly but they would sell so after after a year of doing it i finally had my confidence i'm like okay i'm ready i think i'm ready to actually pursue a real cut and sew um line shirting everything um and i went through that process but it cost way more money than I had. So um, I did a Kickstarter campaign. Awesome. Um, it's not awesome yet. Let me, you got to hear the rest of the story. <laughs> it's actually, it's actually <laughs> devastating, bro. Let me, Yo, <laughs> let me, someone, <laughs> someone did give me money. They just donated their fucking Metro pass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it's, a, it's actually oh. devastating. So, okay. So I fa- fast forward um, to, the Kickstarter campaign. This is 2012. Um, I'm, I do this Kickstarter campaign to to launch my summer 13 spring collection. So I, I do this incredible campaign. Um, you would have thought I was running for like office. Or whatever. It was like an amazing Wild. campaign. Yeah. And just like the detail, like everything. I had everything aligned. I had already started everything. I literally, once I got the money, everything was a go. In motion. In yeah. motion. Um, I was asking for twelve thousand, and um, I only made six. And in hindsight, the reason, like, because I was doing my research, and I didn't really, I didn't fully explore Indiegogo at the time. I just didn't like the way it looked aesthetically. Yeah, um, ego again. Yeah, ego. So I was the way, like, the same way, like, for like a videographer may upload something to Vimeo because it's just cleaner sure. versus YouTube. Yeah. That was like my logic. It was like Got it. Kickstarter is like a nicer platform. But Vimeo's hitting like three people. YouTube could hit three million. Exactly. So, and also with Indiegogo, I didn't know until after the fact that even if you don't meet your goal, you get like 30%. Like you get some of the money. With Kickstarter, you don't get any. So, wow. long story short, I... I did this amazing campaign, had all these praise, uh, praise reports, everyone supporting verbally, but it didn't really translate into them pledging or, you know, you know, supporting the, uh, the, the actual campaign. Yeah. So I come to a crossroad where I'm like questioning, this is like one of my first times where I'm like questioning, like, is this, I've been pursuing this for a few, like a few years now, five or five years now, is this meant to be like, what's, what does this mean? Does this mean that because when you go, when you said I did like thorough research on Kickstarter before I started my campaign and they've just like, you know, what happens if you don't meet the goal? They like it's kind of hard, like really brash what they were saying, like in terms of like it may you may have to reevaluate. So like all these things <laughs> I'm internalizing all these things like you're you're a loser. Yeah, if you don't make your Kickstarter campaign Quit. goal. Yeah. Uh, number yeah, one, like, you're a loser. Yeah. Number, number two. Two, what were you thinking? I hope you didn't quit your day job. Yeah. Number, yeah. So, like, those moments really happened for me. And wow. um, 
that was the first time I really was like considering like, is this, is this, the, am I making the right decision? Mm. And um, uh, what happened? So I had already invested in all this fabric, all this stuff. I had already, like I said, I was ready. I had already put my own money up mm-hmm. to get like it started. Yeah. And um, I didn't meet the goal. So I was like, oh shit. So I, that means it's, I have to figure out another way. So after two months of kind of just like sobbing and just like being depressed, essentially yeah. just trying to figure it out. It, appreciating being the victim for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So, fi- so finally I was like, okay, you've come too far. Yes, go back to the drawing board. You have this fabric. Either you could figure out a way to get rid of it or you could do something with it. Mm. What do you do with it? How do you maximize, get the most out of what you have? Cut wow. it up in pieces. That's incredible. And I launch my accessories. Oh, shit. Ties, pocket squares, and that took off the company. Really? Um, so that, this is 2013. So that, 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 that took off the company. Mama! Yeah. Mama! That's yeah. fucking such an awesome. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, dude. so like, and I, I, I did like, um, it was one of the first things, one of the first shows I participated in was Unique LA. I think that really, that was like the thing that really was like the launch pad for me because... At the time, I was actually, this is 2013. I was literally living like a real life how to make it in America story. I wow. was working at Barney's. I was designing at the cash register. So I was developing this whole <laughs> relaunch of the brand while working at Barney's. And Barney's was paying for it. Lit. And so when I, when I. Made you, you didn't take that struggle mentality of like, I just want to make it a designer. What? You were just out there. I didn't make a check. I'm yeah, yeah, there. yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna, but I'm gonna be in in the scenario where I'm dealing with these clientele and I'm dealing with these brands. Yeah. Exactly. Well, so I always figured out a way to. I've always been the type of person that you don't necessarily have to be teaching me something for me to learn. Mm. So just being a, just being observing and just like picking up, like okay, I'm in Barney's. I'm seeing, I'm around all these clothes. This is like the place where everyone wants to be. Yeah. Anyway, I'm actually that's the dealing one door that every brand. I'm shopping. I mean, I'm I'm selling it to people. And I'm just like taking cues to have my Blackberry, you know, and I'm taking pictures. I'm like using, ref- I'm just using yeah. it all, that's taking the, it yeah. all in. That's the best, yeah. And um, receipt paper, I have all these designs. I'm, I'm, I'm really building a brand from scratch. At the while, cash register. At the job. Because it was so much idle time. Yeah. Motherfuckers on their idle time, they playing Tetris and... Yeah, you you're know, building brands. Uh, you're building your brand. Yeah, I'm behind the register, and people just come, and they didn't ever bother me because they're like, "Well, he doesn't have his phone out. He has a sketchbook." Like, I'm, it, I didn't look like I was doing yeah. anything, but I'm like, really, like he must be journaling. Yeah, yeah, don't like, don't really, bother him. He's, I'm really like. <laughs> Maximizing this this whole shout, time. Shout out to Margaret. <laughs> you know, there's a Margaret one. working at Barney's. Yeah. <laughs> so, Lorenzo, your writing must be phenomenal. Are you a writer? Yeah. <laughs> All that journaling you're doing. So I, I um, that's incredible. The, I, la- I launched the brand. Uh, I relaunched the brand um, with with accessories and the impact. I had immediate impact. Wow. Um, I got in like twelve stores like mm. immediately. Um, 12 accounts. Yeah, immediately. Like, I'm, I'm selling, I'm selling, I'm selling. How'd you even get those 12 opportunities? Like, it, it, they just, um, you launched it through the, the blog? Or how, how'd you do it? Well, no, well, by, by this time, it was a, it was a, it was actual, a, it was a website. So it was, okay, so you had the website, so let's go, accessories yeah, out there, and, and, and the demand started coming in. Um, yeah, once you get one or two. Boom, boom, boom. It, it started because 
and a lot of them came through social media. Cool. Just seeing like because I had such a praise report through doing the um, essential man doing unique LA. Yeah. Just my images, everything was just like the attention to detail was just immaculate. Yeah, and that that helps. Like when you get those one or two accounts, it yeah. instantly gives you the credibility. It instantly, like instills trust in other people to to take you on. I'm like, oh, look, this and is, it gave me confidence. Something I didn't always and, have. Yeah. Uh, although I always knew I was uh, I was very capable. I didn't always like speak with conviction or always speak with like mm-hmm. confidence. I will actually, I was known for like downplaying, and I'm still I still kind of do like I, I they say downplay, but I I think I'm humble, but like. Um, I would not even talk about my brand. Like, it, so. Can I, can I speak on that point real quick? Shout out to my. Yeah, Nushi coming in from 10 need, miles need, away. Need, <laughs> need for a cigarette right now. Um, I want to talk. See, this is something that a lot of creators have. I want to talk about that humble and, and not bragging, but like doing the, the work stuff. What, what's, what's not humble about like having hella conviction for. Um, whatever somebody's doing regardless of how it could come off right right like um, what what, what what i would want to know like not saying one way is right or wrong but like just what's the fuck it point of you're either gonna be can like ride with it or you're not right what like what what's the need to kind of like ease it in not saying that one way or the other is right or wrong but but what, what what's the What's that kind of like barometer, if you will? I think buying into people's thoughts. Mm. Once, because I think collectively, being confident is interpreted as arrogance because most people aren't, you know? So I think, right, just trying not to upset people and just trying to always be on people's good side and not offend, I think that that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Could that... Could that be a deterrent, though, for your, like, ex-brand? Oh, 100%. I mean, in, in hindsight, yeah, you know that. Because I know that, like, at least now, I'm the end-all, be-all. Like, I know, like, whatever I think, <laughs> whatever I think, I'm running with it. Like, yeah. rather this person likes it, rather it's popular, like, I'm really moving by my own thoughts and stuff like that. So I think once I once I realized that it didn't matter one way or another, um, and that actually there was more sat I found more satisfaction when I actually those times when I accidentally did it my way and I got like a the same result as if I would do it someone else's way. Sure. I was like, oh it doesn't really matter. I might as well just do it my way. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's so incredible. Um it, it must must have been just a, such a satisfying feeling at that time. Now, how do you leverage that into growth? You know, because you hear a lot, like sometimes you'll get that one opportunity, but often it's what you do with it. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, that initial success where I see a lot of people have gone wrong is they think that's the, like, oh shit, like mama, I made it. I'm Mama, I'm done, mm-hmm. you know? Where really that opportunity is more about what you do to make that into growth and more and build on that. How'd you do it at that time? Um, like go from accessories to building it out. 
Well, uh, to be honest with you, I don't think I, I don't think I ever reached that point. Ah. Um, I think I hit a, a plateau pretty quickly. Oh wow. Um, yeah, but I, th- I think just looking back, I think I've always because the way I started it, I was so set in my own ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I got in my own way. Interesting. And just not wanting to like. Since I made since I made the, I made like very strong decisions like starting out with the company, and I kind of like stuck to it even if it even if like I had an opportunity that can kind of like was great for everyone, but since it didn't align like I feel like I got in my way a lot with 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 the essential man. Mm. Um, yeah. So a- after knowing that, so you blasted off, hit a plateau. Begin to understand this. Where, do, where where does that take you after that? So we're we're in 2014, 2015 now, or we're mm-hmm. in t- yeah. Okay. So early early 2015. Um, by this time, so I had when when I relaunched the company, I had my accessory. I had like a lot of momentum. I had a lot of momentum. I, I got an office. I was paying all my bills yeah. through my company, which was like a big deal. Yeah. Um, because this was like the first time when I felt like I've thrown so many things against the wall and it was the first time this is the first time i feel like it actually stuck um however like i said i think i got in got in my way when it came to like making certain decisions because i was just like part of it was ego just like trying to do it and not wanting to use my resources Mm. Um, for for what though because i think it's really I think it's really beautiful to touch on these things because these are things that all go through all of our minds. Right, right, right. right? It's just beautiful to be able to speak on them openly, mm-hmm. right? Because not only do, in, in your path, have you overcome these things, but that's the beauty of just like the human aspect of, of, of this podcast in, in my eyes is that like anybody that's listening, whether it's somebody that knows you or whether it's a kid down the line in a culture that like has these aspirations, to know that all of these things are normal, mm-hmm. to know that all of these things happen, to know that sometimes, bro, reevaluate and understand your thoughts and your ego are going to get in your way. Mm-hmm. The faster we're able to get to these things, Right is the more the the quicker we're able to fucking plateau again. I mean to to uh, escalate again. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know what I mean. So like, again, a lot of us are like have hit you know Tony Robbins and all these different like thought leaders and all these things that are telling us these things at such an early age. It's just not registering, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? But it really only registers once you try it or once you actually experience it and either succeed and are able to evaluate and be like, okay, how do I make it better? Or completely crash and burn and are able to evaluate and be like, what the fuck went wrong? Mm. And how do I make it better? And you've literally been going through the years at all of these different emotions and left, right, diagonal. So I think for me, like with the essential man, it's a couple things. It's something that started off as a passion project. Yeah. It was a shift once I was dependent on it to support myself. Sure, and also starting it as neat, like a like a niche, like very niche brand. Like, I mean, I I just essentially I just made it very complicated. Then it had to be mm. already like I mean around the fabrics and all this stuff. It was just like complicated. And so much explanation had to be. 
Um, I had to give so much explanation. And then on top of that, I wasn't willing. The whole thing with the blog part is that, yeah, I, what I made was was amazing, but it was me that sold the brand. So not understanding that I was the brand mm-hmm. and trying to make it separate. It's like, for example, like if I had, I always had like the essential man um, Instagram and I had my personal Instagram. If I post the same picture, I would change the narrative or change the caption to like make the essential man a little more polished <laughs> where people was like checking, like they were buying into who I was, my personality. Yeah. So it, at, so at it was some a point, disconnect without at some you point, realizing at it. At some point it was a disconnect and it became frustrating because now I felt like after I had that earlier success, I felt like I was trying to take it to the next le- next level. And I feel like I was still being boxing accessories. Mm. So it just became frustrating and also having um, personal issues, relationship problems, all that stuff, um, it kind of just became frustrating. Yeah. And uh, I was no longer having fun. Mm. So that's when I made my pivot, another pivot, um, and I started focusing back on passion projects. And um, that it was the birth of Simple Things. It right? could all be so so you so, yeah. so you realized that it could all be yeah, so I mean, simple. It, looking in the mirror, just really correcting my like, okay, like I've made this. I'm overthinking everything about the essential man. Everything. Not only is like I'm trying to like explain certain stuff to people who, at the end of the day, don't really give a damn. Like I'm yeah. just like complicating everything. Sure. So. I just shifted my focus and really just started focusing on things that made me happy. And that was literally the simple thing. So take us through the, the, the birth of simple things. Uh, so it started like me, me and my ex, we used to go to um, this. It's actually the first store. We used to go to this wine bar. In Los, we both lived in Los Feliz. And uh, we used to go to this wine bar, Covell. And I don't drink. Yeah. She loves wine. And uh, I will always have, um, we'll sit at the bar. I will always have a Mexican Coke in a glass. And she'll have her wine. I'll only get in the glass just so we could toast the shit like that. Yeah. Make it look, <laughs> make it look <laughs> a little romantic. Make it fitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so, uh, I would have literally liked to just chug it. But, yeah. you know, try to, like, actually enjoy the moment with her. Yeah. So that was, that was I like. fucking love that. <laughs> so that was like. um that was like our thing. And um, after going so many times, one particular time she brought to my attention, she was like, dude, you realize it was a night where it was more people there than usual. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was like, dude, you, you realize that you're the only one not drinking, but you're having just as much fun as everyone else. <laughs> I'm like, damn, I'm kind of looking around. So that kind of became synonymous with just like simple, like joyous moments. Wow. So I went home, I started doing like these illustrations and I went home and just drew like kind of like, a representation of that scene that's just like the Mexican Coke bottle with the glass and that represented that and then I started a series I started drawing other things that kind of brought me joy donuts in a pink box and that was from like my barber shop it's in the hood it's in Lamert Park and um, every morning it's, it's like a rundown place but every morning part of the experience you can you can expect that he has that pink box with donuts in it that's and that's kind of just like, yeah. it's just like home. You feel at home, like you know what to expect. So I drew that. And I just started drawing like other things around simple things that just kind of like trigger, trigger those moments or, you know, for me. And um, fast forward a few months later, I, I did this project called the 100 Days Project. And 
I started drawing all these different objects. And after a while, I kind of like found a style and I'm like, huh, I could just start drawing like simple things and stuff like that. So like within that project, I discovered, like I said, because I always wanted to make it into like a book or whatever or a zine. I just didn't know what. And then I discovered simple things like actually making it into a concept within this project. And um, yeah, man, that's really, that's really how it started. Just through every like daily that's absolutely fucking incredible yeah Yeah. i mean you know what i told you like off before we started this this episode it's reading through simple things and for all the listeners you you gotta get this and read through it it's the most like relatable kind Mm. of joy that (laughs) you can experience and it grounds you instantly. Yeah, right. it it really makes you think. Like, like I can't even say it makes you enjoy the simple things because that's assuming that you have. It's not, that, not right? yeah, right. But it makes you think about what the simple things are. Right, right, right. In anybody's life, because you have the Coke bottles, the Walkmans, the the, the Ballers' life, all of these things. For some people, it's it's different. For some people, it's Charlotte's Web and right. their grinder and God knows what, right? But like all of these, uh, like there are so many simple things in this complicated world that at times we forget them, mm-hmm. right? And for me, it allowed me to really like, even even though I'd gone through my fucking crash and I come back and now like life for me is like I wake up just with so much joy because I wake up truly with the notion in my head of every day is a blank canvas Mm -hmm. and I will paint and create the life that I want, which means now that if there's somebody or something that does not fit what I want, I have no problem saying nope or not being a part of that. Right Mm -hmm. now I've gotten to the point where if I have people at my house and there's just a bad energy or a bad you know, a weird vibe in my home instead of just taking it like I usually would because, oh, man, it's like my boy's friend or this is that. I'm just so much, like, I'm just so much more comfortable with saying, look, y'all got to go. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to come here and make a scene, but I'm saying, look, <laughs> this is my house. This is not what I want at this moment, and I want to be comfortable in my house. Y'all got to go. Mm-hmm. More than any other thing in our lives, yeah, right? I mean, it's so simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a way to uh, to take control. Mm-hmm. Like I remember f- first reading through that here, and um, you know, work days can be really stressful. Life can be really stressful. You're thinking about money and business and this and that. Things that like you feel are always make or break. You know, things that just like everything feels like fucking life or death. You know, sometimes. Mm-hmm. And like I read through that and like not only does it give you perspective, but it just makes everything else like so trivial, bro. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. Literally for me, like for me personally, like a lot of the things that I do start with me in terms of just like me having that moment of reflection, just like looking in the mirror and like checking myself. So like at that time when I was kind of like going through like a lot of questioning and just answering stuff. I know for me, like I set goals 
and before I even reach him or when I reach him, I'm, I'm already on to the next one, and I never really reflect or I'm, or you're constantly comparing and this is not what I want. And so this was like me challenging myself to like, dude, this is all the stuff. Like you have everything you need. Like like be yeah. happy a little bit, you know? Yeah. So that was really like me checking myself. Wow. And part of the rollout for me doing that, I'm like, I know what this has done for me. And I've shared it, you know, with a few people. And I saw how they responded. I created a social experiment where part of my rollout, I was just exploring the simple things with other people. I'm just going up to strangers. Hey, you want to participate in my social experiment? Sure. What is it? It's about simple things. Oh, oh, what does that mean? And I show them a paper, and the paper said, when you think of the simple things that bring you joy, what comes to mind first? Wow. Write or draw your answer. So, huh, I haven't even thought about that. And it's just seeing how people will respond. Oh, they're probably fucking huge smiles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just seeing how people will respond to that. I did this. I, I, I launched this project, this, the, the social experiment in November, and it carried out to Christmas Day of 2015, just mm. as a rollout. And I had such a great response. I'm like, oh, shit. I was only intended just to do it as a rollout. I might as well keep this part going. So this is like that part has become like a very like important part of like the whole project. So when I do these pop ups, that's always like an activation in like my art exhibitions, whatever, just like that interactive part, just challenging everyone to have that moment of absolutely of, uh, of reflection. That's brilliant. It's yeah. it's amazing. And it, yeah, it's it's incredible. Like the way I can't even express like how it literally makes me feel. Like yeah. it feels I go back to control, like with as much craziness can be in your life. If you think about those little simple things that make you very happy, you do realize like you're good. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're fucking good. And it feels good to, to feel that. Absolutely, bro. Like you're fucking. Absolutely, you're bro. Good. <laughs> you Straight know? up. Straight up. Um, I want to I want to use this. To and this is this is Joey. If you have something to ask, go no, ahead. Because no, no. I wanted I wanted to hit the little finalmente right here, and yeah. I feel like it's only fitting, right? Being that you've gone through all that you've gone through, right, with brands and with your experiences with people and your understanding of uh, time and time again, letting your ego get in the way, but less and less as it goes on, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. coming to a point where you've realized that it could all be so simple, hmm. right? What is Lorenzo telling himself these days when he looks at himself in the mirror? And where, where does Lorenzo want to go knowing everything that he's experienced up until this point? Uh, well, the first thing I'm, I'm telling myself is that it's okay. It's okay mm. to... To, to fail. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to be transparent. It's okay. Uh, it's okay to make mistakes um, publicly. Yeah. And I think that, I think part of like this whole journey, I think that's part of my purpose. And uh, I get so many praise reports just from people, but it's not like, I think I don't, I'm not doing anything other than just sharing my journey. Yeah. So I think that's been part of my purpose, just like not making it look easy. And, you know, because I can do that. I know the formula to, like, making these extremely beautiful curated images and just making it look like life is just so easy. Yeah. I I try to, I mean, I try to share 
as much without it being um, kind of like impulsive or whatever. I mean, yeah. but I think I think that's been part of it, just me just sharing my journey and um, allowing myself to be vulnerable in front of in front vulnerabilities. Of yeah. Um, but what I would tell, what I would tell, what was the second part of the question? Um, what 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 do you what do you what are you telling? Well, what are you telling yourself now? Like, what, where, uh, no, excuse me, you, it's okay. Where, where does Lorenzo want to go now? Um, I want to, I want to continue to create a platform and just, I know the power of representation. Yeah. I know that power in numbers. And I know now, because I said a lot of stuff that I've done on my own by default. Mm that that part is over it's mm. time to really join and just collectively bring it all push together for it so if it starts with me i want to continue just to c- bring people up incredible as, as i ascend you know incredible yeah lorenzo absolutely. i just want to tell you thank you so much for your time thank you so much for sharing your story and thank you for actually showing the simple beauty of simplicity. Right. Right. Thank you. And, and, and shedding light on how beautiful the simple things really are. Um, before we cap it off, where can people find you on social media, website, these different avenues? Uh, well, I have a personal website, LorenzoDiggins.com. That's kind of like... Through the links, you can find everything. Got it. But if you want to go directly to simple things, it's uh, it could all be so simple dot com. It really uh, could. Get the zine. Yes, volume two, uh, Christmas Day. Incredible. Coming Please in, coming in it. with gifts. <laughs> Let's uh, go. And uh, new merch, um, which is also like to as a quick set, like that's been a. That's been like the fun part. Yeah, this dude uh, put a pink like jacket up one time. Yeah, this little so like. like I'm usually since like I said like I follow like music. I said in my somewhere in my past life or in my future life I'm gonna be in the music industry. I don't know <laughs> how, but like I follow music. So my thing was I use with this whole formula. I'm using like the same formula as like indie musicians. Got so it. The Zane is my music. I have merch and I do these pop ups at different venues. Incredible. Like that's your shows. That's, that's the formula. Your shows, yeah. And um. Yeah, you can find you can find you can find me through Essential Man underscore LD. That's my Instagram, man. Yeah. Thank you so Yo, much. Thank you guys. I really love this episode, yeah, bro. Truly. Like you are an essential man. Yes. <laughs> you yes. are a gentleman. You're a yes. sweet soul. Yes. I think uh what you're doing is very special for this world. I really do. Um it's impacted me and I think it's impacted a lot of people as well. Absolutely. Um, I fucking love it. Thank you, man. So thank you for coming on. Seriously, dude. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You want to hit him with the new sheet? <laughs> Mama, we made it. <laughs> Bop. You <right>. did? <laughs>